The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. ProResuShop.com, your only source for authentic ProResu merch straight from Japan. Translation extraordinaire Yatsumi has helped more than 300 fans all across the world purchase authentic merchandise, and now he's bringing that savings to you. With over 300 items to choose from, ProResuShop.com has the largest selection of New Japan and ProResu merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Shirts, belts, trading cards, DVDs, and more from the biggest stars of Japan, like Tanahashi, Okada, Nakamura, and of course, the Bullet Club. Get them all for the same price you would pay in Japan, with worldwide shipping starting at only $6.99. For the very best in ProResu merchandise across the world, the choice is clear. ProResuShop.com that's P-U-R-O-R-E-S-U shop.com. ProResuShop.com. And Joe, before we begin, this is a very, very sentimental moment here. It's it's our hundredth episode, sir. At least by the counting that I've done and the files that I've saved. But yeah, so this is probably like I think roughly it's probably like one hundred three, or because there's a few like random ones where I wasn't there and you recorded, and then like you upload. I mean, there's a few stragglers, but hey, I try to ke- I, I I kept pretty good, so I, I'm at least confident it's it's within one or two. But so you blew the you blew the gimmick in the first 10 seconds. Uh well yeah, I mean isn't that kind of what we do? Uh, pretty much. Well, you know, I mean, it wouldn't be a voices of wrestling podcast unless we did that. Well, no matter no matter what number it is, it, it almost didn't happen. This show almost did not happen today because let me tell you something, Rich. I had quite the day. And uh, it, it, it is wrestling related. I'm going to manage to tie wrestling into this. Okay, so, I haven't heard about this. So, this is my first thing. I'm, I have no idea what Joe's talking about. I have no idea about, so. because this show almost never happened because I, I wake up this morning. I actually uh, fell asleep on the couch watching uh, all Japan shows 
<laughs> what a life! What a on, life on the Roku. So, I I was gonna say I rolled out of bed this morning, but that's not accurate. I I rolled off the couch this morning. Right, um, took a, a minor tumble off the couch as as the dogs were were pawing me at the face because they were hungry. <laughs> and uh, so so I roll off the couch and I stagger into the kitchen to feed the dogs. And um, I, I go to check my my phone to see what time it is, and I notice that my phone is dead. Which is strange because it, you know, I, you know, like most people do, I plugged it in to charge it overnight, mm-hmm. you know, but it didn't charge. In fact, not only did it not charge, it died. So, you know, I, I've been having trouble with this phone charger. So I just figured <clears> that the phone charger wasn't properly connected. So, you know, I cursed and muttered to myself and, uh, and, and played around with, with the phone charger and put the phone back down. But then when I went into the refrigerator to take a swig of orange juice, and uh, and yes, I drink it straight from the carton because okay. Because, well, because I mean, no, you live right. I live, I live alone, man. If I want to drink my orange juice from straight from the carton, that's what I'm going to do. Oh hell yeah! Hey, okay, nobody's going to stop. It's me, one of the benefits. Yeah, right? it's one of the benefits. No one's so. going to stop me of living that bachelor life. I can drink my orange juice straight. From I the do carton. it too, actually. I don't really care. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You don't let the nurse hear that. But uh, no, she. I think she does it probably more than I do. She's like, I'm. I'm the clean one. She's the slob. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you off of that before you get in trouble. No, you get so, into hell. No. So I go into yeah, the refrigerator <laughs> to take a swig of my orange juice, and I notice that the light isn't on. So then I put wow. two and two together. I'm like, hold on a second. The phone didn't charge. The light in the refrigerator is not working. I've got no power. So I go around. I'm you know I'm playing with all the light switches. And you know when you think you don't have power, you you don't you know, like trying one light switch isn't enough. <laughs> you got to see like, okay, well, let me try in the other room. Right. We got to try multiple rooms. For some reason, so then you walk around the house. A lamp, and <laughs> a lamp is different than a than a, a, a overhead light and a fan. Like if you have a fan, those are completely different. Like Yeah, so it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, one, No, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I, it's completely illogical. You've already got but. the phone, the refrigerator, and one light switch, but I had. Yeah, the fridge is a pretty good indication yeah. that it's, it's over. Right, so I had to walk around the house and check every light switch anyway, which is completely illogical. So I have no power. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, maybe there's a power outage, so. Um, I go outside, but see, it was still early enough to where the street lamps were still on, and they were, you know, and they were still illuminated. So, okay. so, I, and then I, I, I took a walk down the street, and I saw some people's porch lights were on. So I'm like, this is just me. I've got no, I've got no power. What the hell's going on here? So I go and check my breaker box. All right. So for, this is thrilling. By first, way. I had another. I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my this seat. This ties into so. wrestling. I promise you. <laughs> so I go to check my breaker box. Okay. Which first of all, I had to figure out where the breaker box was. I had no idea yeah. where the thing was. So it's on outside the back. I checked the breaker box, all the breaker, and then I remembered. I remembered what happened, Rich. Do you remember a couple months ago, uh, the Figure Four Weekly, the Observer site, had that security breach with their credit cards? Mm. Oh, I'm. And, a, yep, and you, yep. if you may recall, I did. I may have tweeted from the shoot account, from the Joe M. Lanza account. Which you should all follow if you want to hear college basketball thoughts 24/7. Um, not much wrestling going on over there, but a lot of college basketball. But anyway, so I, if you remember, I may have even tweeted it at the time. I was one of the people who was affected. Yeah, I was too. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. So, so what happened? Luckily, I had just paid my rent. Somebody tried to put a $2,000 charge through mine, and I had like an hour before that paid my rent, which takes out pretty much all of my money that I have. And so they tried to put it through and then Chase called me and was like, yeah, you uh, don't have any money and you're trying to like buy things for $2,000. Like, what are you thinking? What, uh, and I was like, no, 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 that purchase? wasn't me. Uh, it was, it was at a Best Buy in Minnesota. Oh, that's interesting. So Vern, the, the, the estate of Vern Gagne was trying to, uh, see it wasn't, or possibly Vern himself. No, he's dead right now. Right? No, no, he's alive. He's in, he's... oh, so yeah, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. So yeah, he's no, remember he... fumbling around on the computer and like, he's in the, he's, he's senile. Oh, he's beating people up. Yeah. He's like beating people no, up. He killed right? a man. 
Oh, did he kill him? I thought he just beat him up. No, he's, he he's, in, he's, oh. in the, he's in the uh, assisted living, and, he's, and mm-hmm. he's out of his mind. He doesn't know where or who he is. And he actually killed one of the other uh, – What do you, you don't call them inmates. What, what do you call them? <laughs> I mean, residents, residents, I guess. Yeah, he killed one of the other residents in the old folks' home. So, all right, you've got people buying things at Best Buy for $2,000. Yeah. I'll tell you the phone call I got. The phone call I got uh, the day of that breach – was uh, from from Bank of America, and they called me up, and they they said, uh, Mr. Lanza, are you trying to check into a bed and breakfast in Bangor, Maine? (laughs) I I wish. And I said, no, actually, it was the opposite. I I went on a rant about bed and breakfast to this poor woman from Bank of America. I was like, what? First of all, Joe Lanza would never check into a bed and breakfast. Okay, that's your first mistake. A bed and breakfast is one of the biggest scams on American society. What? This is such a ripoff. First of all, it's like it's first of all, it's creepy. It's like you're staying in somebody's spare bedroom. Yeah, it's like a grandma's spare it's bedroom. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like your grandma's spare bedroom. You know it's going to be limited cable TV options right off the bat. If there's even with a terrible TV, like a 1987 TV. Right, it's going to be like, like a tube TV. UHF. You got to like put on the right UHF channel to. Yeah, and you know you're going to have limited options if you have a television at all. I mean, you're more likely to just have a Bible or something. You might not even have a TV. Okay, so it's creepy because you're, it's like you're in your grandma's spare bedroom, and then what do you do? You pay all this extra. It's like more expensive than a hotel. And what do you get? You get bacon and eggs in the morning. What's the gimmick here? You got to go to bed early because you, 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 you're going to be – Lights out, yeah. You're going to you afraid. Wanna... You're going to wake everybody else up. You're sharing a bathroom with everybody else. And you of all people who, who likes to do conquests on the road, you're, you're no good. That's absolutely no good. There's no, you know, it doesn't. Hey, you want to come to my grandma's room to like? Absolutely. So yeah, you, you know, you're gonna wake her you up. Can't and, even yeah, have questionable hookups on the road. It's just the bed and breakfast. So <laughs> I went on this rant to this poor woman from Bank of America before we got around to the idea of, all right, well, Mr. Lanza, I'm gonna have to cancel your. So the bottom line is, what they do at Bank of America, you know, they gave me my money back, yep. and then they canceled my card. They got to give you a whole new account, a whole new oh, yeah. debit card, all this and that. And then what you don't realize is. You got to change all your fucking everything. Oh yeah. my god, I've got everything linked to that card, Rich. I never see a bill. Everything's on auto pay. Right. Everything in my life is on auto pay. There's like one or two bills that I like to take a look at before I pay, but otherwise, you know, the mortgage, the car payment, the electric bill, obviously, uh, those things are all linked to the debit card. You don't think about it. So, you know, I, you know, just I probably had twenty to twenty-five different, you know, because everything: Sirius XM, uh, Netflix, uh, sure, WWE, yeah. net, things you would never think of. Oh, yeah, I lost my network uh, subscription. I had, to, I had to reapply for the six months when they were still doing that because yeah, so I because I forgot. I'm just turning on one day and it was like <laughs> account suspended, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so let's, don't know what I did, but so uh, so I go home with my with with my new debit card that day, and I'm 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 trying to think of everything that's linked to the card that I now have to go back and switch over, but inevitably I forgot things. So along the way, like my garbage stopped getting picked up. You know what I mean? Because I forgot about the yeah. garbage bill. And today I wake up and uh, I have no I have no electricity. So uh, I, I got to figure out. So now here's the problem. Got to pay that light bill. I got, oh, uh, yeah, but here's the problem, Rich. Because my phone died. And, oh, yeah, no way. <laughs> and I, because I, I had no internet, because oh, I had no electricity, oh. I couldn't figure out how to get in touch. That's funny, a, a 2014 problem here. Yeah. I, t- I couldn't figure out how to get in touch with and – I, and I panicked. I had 2014 panic because I couldn't, I couldn't get on the internet. 
via the phone. Now, my, now here's the sick tease. My laptop was still working because it was still running on battery power, but I couldn't connect to the internet. So I said, all right, I'll just do it. You know, I'll try to steal a neighbor's internet. So here I am out on my front porch, like with the laptop over my head, trying to pick up <laughs> somebody's, uh, someone, but that didn't work. So then uh, I go in the garage. I go, all right, I'm just gonna have to drive down. I think I know where it is. I'm gonna have to drive down there. And I hit my garage door opener. And of course it doesn't open because the <laughs> electric isn't on. So I can't get the garage door open. So now I'm like, all right, now I got to fix. So that's the same thing that happens to me. I, I recently lost my power, and and, and I, fr- I had no idea. Like uh, we're talking about like 2014, I had no idea what to do with myself because my power went out. And I was like, all right, cool, no problem. I'll just watch a movie. So I, I, I go over to my like PS4 to turn it on to watch Netflix, and I'm thinking, oh wait, oh right, that's power. And then I was like, that's fine, I'll just do. Oh god damn, like there was like three things where I, I just completely forgot that. Oh right. That's powered by electricity. Like I, I, before I thought of anything else, I was like, "All right, well, I don't know what I'll, I'll just sit in the dark." I think. I think I just went to bed at like five p.m. one day because I was just like, "Well, I don't know what else to do with my life." So this entire ordeal, probably in real time, took like six minutes, but it felt like twelve hours. I was oh, without any connection. I was in yet. sheer world, panic yeah. mode. It was like, "What's going on in the world?" <laughs> I don't know. This yeah, this story is taking longer than what the uh, than than the entire ordeal took. So anyway, so then I go to I go to flick on the light in the garage, and again, I just I keep forgetting that there's no power because there's like a little latch on the garage door opener that you have to hit if you want to manually open the garage. I can't find the latch because it's pitch dark in there because I can't turn the light on. Then I'm in the house looking for a flashlight. I, I now realize now I didn't realize this before, but I do not own a flashlight. So I have to get that rectified and go buy a flashlight. Yeah, I didn't have one either. That's what I found out too on that one day. I was just like, well, I've done a flashlight. So I just went to bed. I don't because... own a flashlight. So I'm fumbling around in the dark in the garage at 6.30 in the morning looking for this little latch so I could open up the garage door. And because I think if I don't open this, I, my life is over. I'm probably just going to die in the house with no power because I, I don't – I'm a grown man who doesn't know how to I, – I, I would not know how to survive. Without, I would never get the electric turned back on. So uh, anyway, I did eventually found the latch, opened it up. Uh, started on my way, but then I realized I was too vain to go to the electric company to pay my bill before I took a shower and did my hair. You're right. So right. I pulled the car back into the garage. <laughs> but here's what I did. I left I left the car running with the phone plugged into the charger. See I was thinking, okay. see, see this way I'd get my phone charged up. Okay. Two birds one stone. Yeah. This is gonna, this is gonna end poorly yeah, so, I'm, I'm guessing. No, yeah, yeah. So I go upstairs, <laughs> I take my shower, I get dressed, because look, I don't know who I'm gonna be dealing with when I get down there. It could be, you know, I'm a single guy. A fine little ass, yeah. You know, it could be a female, nice young lady or something. I gotta look good, you know. So I go, I, I take my shower, I uh you know, I can't leave the house without showering anyway, because then I feel like everybody knows that I'm dirty. Oh, they know you know. Oh, you can tell. I feel like you all eyes are on me yeah. because they know that I'm dirty. You know what I mean? And I just can't have that. So I get back down there. But then by this point, my phone is charged. <laughs> so I figure out ah, now I don't have to make the drive. So uh, I, I I went in the house. I rummaged. I found an electric bill. Found the phone number. Made the call. Now check this shit out. I I, I oh, there's more. Oh, there, this isn't over. This isn't over. <laughs> no, Joe Gagney. It isn't over yet. So <laughs> I call up. I tell – I explain to them what happened because, you know, you have to make clear. I can't just say my electric got turned off and I like to pay the bill. Then they're going to think I'm a deadbeat. I don't even right. want them to think but I'm You're just going to roll up there every single month and go, hey, turn my thing on. Right. Sorry. So I, so I gave her the full explanation that she did not care about. She doesn't care whether I'm a deadbeat or not. It's just important to me. Did you tell her it was from a wrestling – a subscription wrestling website? <laughs> I didn't go that far. 
Oh. I told her, you know, it was from the dead debit card, you know, and I have a new debit card. So she gives me the instructions and she wants to charge me the $20 fee to turn it back on. So I was like, yeah, you know, come on. I mean, I've never missed a bill ever in, you know, like five years. You have my deposit. Do I really have to pay this fee? And we're haggling back and forth. And then I figured, you know what? Maybe the dude has to come back out here and turn it on. And maybe that's what the fee's for. So I justified it in my own mind. And I said, you know what? No big deal. I'll pay the $20 reconnection fee. So, uh, and I even assured her, I said, you know what? I'll give you $1,000. We can take care of the next 20 electric bills right now if you just, <laughs> if you just waive the $20 fee. Because I really didn't want to pay. The principal, yeah. It was principal. just the principal. I didn't want to pay the fee. So I was like, I will prepay you $1,000 today. I also <laughs> said that to ensure her that I wasn't a deadbeat who didn't have the money. You know, because I didn't want her to think I was a deadbeat. Sure. So I had, to, I had to flaunt a little bit. I was kind of hoping she didn't take me up on that offer because I didn't really want to give her $1,000. <laughs> Anyway, so um, so I, I give up the fight because she's not going to give in. I agree to pay the twenty dollars. I'm like, yeah, you know that guy's got to put food on his table too. And I got to pay the guy to drive out here and turn it on. No problem. So I pay the bill. I got everything caught up. I pay the late fee. I pay the bill, and I say, when will the guy come out to turn the uh, power back on? She goes, oh no 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 no. No one has to come out there. All you have to do is go outside with a remote control. Point it at your at your at your box and hit the power hmm. button on your. Wait a minute! I said what remote? I don't have a remote control for my fuse box. What are you talking about? She's like, no, no, no! Any remote control that you have in the house. That's that, weird. That's hmm. I never knew. That's how these things work. Now you can go out there with literally any kind of remote control. Just like infrared or any sort of. Hmm, yeah, that's... point it at the uh, at the what, what do you call it? The meter. Point it at the. Yeah, the meter. Yeah, yeah. Press the power button. She says you'll hear a loud click. And your electric will be back on. Now I'm pissed off because now the guy don't have to come out and do it. So what am I paying the twenty dollars for? <laughs> What's the twenty dollars for? Because you're a deadbeat. I'm the one that's got to go out there and do it. So I go out there with and check. The, see, she said any remote. So I said, all right. So I found the most <laughs> obscure remote I could find in the house. <laughs> you found like your old VCR. Like. You know what it was? It was the ceiling fan remote. Oh, good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, Why would you not do your TV remote, Joe? No, no, no. I want. I wanted. To, I wanted to test her. You prove her or test her theory. She, okay. she said any remote. Okay. Rich. Yeah. So I wanted to find – first I had the Roku remote, but I said that's not obscure enough. I'm going to try this no, no. ceiling fan remote <laughs> that I hardly ever use, which is the ultimate in American laziness, by the way. This, oh, a ceiling fan remote? Ceiling like I, fan. Can't, I can't reach up beyond like a, a few feet above my head to possibly turn this uh, – Let me tell you something. When it's hot in Texas, the last thing I want to do is stand up and then pull like the chain – Oh, yeah. It must be awful. On the yeah. ceiling fan. I what are you wearing today, Joe? You're wearing shorts, right? I wore, yeah, I did wear shorts. Yeah, I just I just walked this dog through snow. So it would, listen, I wore pants all last week because oh, it was, a, it was God, a brisk wow. sixty degrees all last Jeez, week. So, poor thing. I, you know, but yeah. today, listen, it was up in the seventies, so I put the shorts back on. So anyway, uh, <laughs> so I have this ceiling fan. We are going to talk wrestling at some point, I promise. We are, we are. See, I bought, I specifically bought ceiling fans that came with remotes because I figured <laughs> if I don't have to stand up and pull like the chain gimmick, well, I do that. I could just lay on the couch, reach over for the remote, and turn the ceiling fan on from my laying position. You know what I mean? I mean, why not? So I, I go outside with the ceiling fan remote, and I point it at the meter, really wanting it not to work, just so I could call her back and tell her that the only remote I have in the house is a ceiling fan remote. It did not work. You need to send somebody out here and earn my $20 to turn this electric back on. Unfortunately, it worked. It made the clicking sound. <laughs> nice. Ceiling fan remote worked. And here's – you know what I know what's great about this? I come back inside, and the ceiling fan is on because oh, double. it like penetrated the wall somehow of, of – I don't know what was going on. I know I didn't have it on last night. So two in one shot, turned the ceiling fan back on. So, uh, yeah, I got the electric back on, and uh, I'm here to do the 100th episode. Uh, I averted disaster. Just barely. Oh, and, right. And, wow. And, 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 Who knew? And here we are. So that's the kind of day that I had. 
That's a Joel Lanza story, man. I'd rather I think I'd rather hear my girlfriend tell a story than you. I think it's quicker what she does. But... It's, it, it's, anyway. the, the devil is in the details, Rich. It is. No, I I, I, no, I could have told was... that story in 30 seconds, but then you don't hear about it. No, it, it worked. No, you build up. I See, I didn't know where it was going to go. There was a, a few. I thought the, the I was convinced the stealing fan remote was not going to work. But first of all, convinced it was not. If gonna I was work. some mediocre storyteller, you would have never even heard about the stealing fan remote. Right. It's a little. Yeah. You, you would have never heard about the bed and breakfast in Bangor, Maine. I, I even forgot that was a part of the you know, story. You would have right? never heard of the, about the bed and breakfast rant. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's it's. It went through cycle. Yeah, it was, it's all there, there the was details, a, Rich. There was a climax. There was a you know a, 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 an out. Yeah, no, everything worked there. That was a good story. So but here we are, and I and I have power, <laughs> so uh, we can do this thing. The one hundredth, the one hundredth, and like yes, one hundred twelfth or something episode. <laughs> it's not that much. I promise. It's at least at the most like one hundred three. But it's it's the hundredth one that you've numbered. That I've numbered properly, so we're going to count that as a 100th episode. So if someone else could do it, uh, that'd be – someone else. So there's got to be a weirdo out there that's, like, saved all of our No, episodes. I think all the early ones no. are ancient history. Oh, oh, the pod – yeah, the podomatic. The podomatic yeah. ones are gone. Fuck podomatic, uh, yeah. Because I guess, you know, we, we should give people the history. Yeah, yeah, let's, I was going to do that. Let, let, I was going to start with a little bit of the history. How about you, you start? Well, I mean, you know – You know, and then I'll, I'll – uh, because you're the good storyteller. I'll fill in the, the... <laughs> this now there's pressure. You can't put pressure on me. So listen, this whole thing started on a website that doesn't even exist anymore. Okay. And uh well, it does exist, but not in the form that it existed uh when we started this podcast. And I would say that the the early versions of this thing were probably listened to what do you think, Rich? Uh oh maybe by ten people tops. Uh, if that, yeah, honestly, like how many people were like regular listeners to that or, or regular like view? Because it, it was on a web forum that we were on and we were just kind of chatting wrestling on the web forum. We, and we've done it for years. It was a uh, a sports video game, mostly Madden based. We, we all got there because we played Madden at some point. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the wrestling section of that probably had 10 regular people. So, yeah, the 10 or 11 at most, probably. Right. So at absolute most. I mean, I, I think once we got to like 30 and I was like, oh, boy, like <laughs> and that was just like probably spam accounts going through or like me putting it on Facebook and like. Like telling my friends right, to just please click it, like just so I could feel good about myself. Right. <laughs> so anyway, that website was going into into a direction where they were they wanted to really feature podcasts as a main part of their content uh, because you know the, the website was struggling or whatnot. So we decided to do a wrestling podcast, and like we said, there was really no upward possible mobility there because it was just a, a very small f- uh, subsection of the forum that talked about wrestling. Now what what now Rich had himself a. Uh, Essentially, a dead website. Pretty much, yeah. So I started, and, and, and people probably know this story, but I, I went to Money in the Bank 2011. Obviously, the, the CM Punk, John Cena main event or whatever, and was just so inspired by the passion because the whole time I was there, we got there. Me and my friend got there, maybe like three or four hours earlier because it was a nice day. It's in the middle of the summer. We it's a Sunday. We have nothing to do, so we just got there early, just hung around, walked around, did some tailgating in the Allstate Arena, just just to kind of take it in. And there was so much passion around there, and we were listening to the radio, and it was like. They were talking on the Chicago radio, like like sports radio was covering the CM Punk thing, because there's a, there's a big um, uh, Lawrence Holmes, he's a, he's a, a host on 670 The Score. Uh, he, he's a huge wrestling fan. I, that's how I actually became a wrestling fan in a lot of ways, is because he used to host at like 2 a.m. They would be like, "All right, look, you could talk wrestling from like 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. or whatever on like Wednesdays or whatever. Like, just don't have it like coming to any time when anybody can possibly listen." So I, I would always stay up and listen to that or whatever. So I mean, he was passionate about wrestling, and this got him. I mean, he was real into the CM Punk thing. I, there was just this passion around, and obviously, if you were if you watched that event live, you you know how that crowd reacted, and 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 just being there live was just a the the, the most like. 
it was just a, an unbelievable moment to say, hey, look, this wrestling is so it's so stupid sometimes it's so dumb but man it's passionate like the fans there's nothing more passionate than when fans really really get into something really sink their teeth into something what just how different it is than any other sport and i've gone to hundreds thousands of sporting events and nothing ever matched what i what i felt there for a fake sport where we kind of knew the result anyway you know what i mean where it's just nothing can 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 get anywhere near that so i went home i still had adrenaline like crazy we went somewhere afterwards and like i had worked the next day but i was like no I, there's no way i'm sleeping so i went and i made a little website and the website the whole idea and it was voices wrestling from the beginning i don't know how i think voice of the voiceless was, was where i kind of came up with the idea for it and i said what i'm gonna do is wrestling fans are passionate wrestling fans are cool they're interesting I'm going to make a website where I interview wrestling fans about why they became fans, their favorite, you know, moments, this sort of stuff. And I recorded a few episodes and they were okay. They probably got maybe 40 or 50 people to listen to them. And then that I was just kind of like, ah, this is not, I like, I thought it was going to be bigger. I thought a lot of people would want to be interviewed and a lot of people want to listen to interviews. And then I realized other than like the friends and family of the few people I listened to, who else really would care about like X fans, you know, you know, thoughts on wrestling. So the site just kind of stayed there and it died and it did nothing. And it really just didn't do anything for a while. At some point, I think I was uh, over at a buddy's house, and, and, and he kind of said, hey, you did that wrestling website. What's ever going on with that? And I said, ah, you know, nothing. I don't really care about it anymore. And he goes, no, you can't let it go. I mean, do something about it. It's your passion or whatever. So I started writing a few articles here and there. But otherwise, nobody was reading them. They're, they're completely dead. I was doing, like, Bleacher Report articles and copying them to Voice of Wrestling. Nothing was going on. And then this opportunity came up where you said, hey, you know, we need a home for these podcasts. We did a few of them. Only 10 people are listening. What can we do that's a little bit more? Where, where can we – expand this beyond a little bit and that's kind of how it happened yeah so basically what what we what you had was this dead url that you weren't doing anything with because you greatly overestimated the market for uh interviews of wrestling fans <laughs> hey you know what you gotta try uh, it, say right? something you tried something different i'll give you that um and actually you invited me the to few of the interviews are really good if you ever actually listen to the interviews they're really really they're not good, bad but... you invited me to come on it just never worked out time-wise i think it never it never happened but uh and i think uh, pw pondering's tried i think they had a, a, a short-lived like fan to fan or something like that i think it was called and it's just it's fine it's a good idea it's just there, there's not enough people that want to listen to other people be in it. you know what i mean like we're, we're, and, and that's we found that out as well we'll talk about that probably a little bit later is that interviews are okay but there's only there's only so much that people can get from interviews and especially now i mean when i started that the wrestling podcast genre was just sort of it, it was sort of taken off i mean david lagana's one was like the big deal at that cole point cabana, or whatever cole cabana. right and cole cabana's was pretty big at that point too but then you started once you got like steve austin and these sort of ones it was like all right i'm dead now because why would you ever listen to any just joe blow talk about wrestling when you can listen to you know, Bill Watts talk about when he was booking, you know, it's like, why would you ever listen to my stupid podcast? And we found that out as well. I mean, we don't interview wrestlers anymore because Cole Cabana is probably going to interview him anyway and do a better job of it. So, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, so anyway, you had this, you had this dead URL and, and we had this podcast that had a very limited audience because there were just, you know, a very limited number of members of this forum who were wrestling fans. So, uh, we decided to make use of it. And it, it really, we, we literally started this from ground zero. I mean, it, it's, you know, a lot of wrestling podcasts, uh, you know, will, will, will join a network right away where there's already a fan base of people listening to other podcasts on the network. We didn't have that. We just started literally from 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 the from one listener to whatever we have now. And uh, it, it's it's pretty incredible. If it, you know, the one person who's probably been listening from the very beginning who listened to the very first show, which was a recap of the year 2011, I believe. It was the uh, 2011 year-end 
show yeah. was our very first show, and I think we did it in like February of 2012, if, if memory serves. Uh, that, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and I, that would be you know the one person who was there from the very beginning is Larry, who is now part yeah. of the site and 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 does our PWG reviews and does other things for the site. He was a member of that forum that we're talking about, and he listened to the very first show, and now he's uh, you know a a a, 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 a a contributor to the site and a very yeah. popular one and, and someone who's been there from day one. So, you know, that's a little bit of history. And then from there, it was just, uh, you know, rich begging me for content on a weekly basis and, <laughs> and us struggling to figure out because at, at first we were dead set against reviews. We, yeah, we, we didn't want, we, didn't we were just going to do columns. reviews. We we're just going to do, yeah. uh, you know, columns and, and, and thought provoking stuff, but it's just, uh, you know, it, it's hard, especially back then when it was just literally me and you, um, you know, you run out of ideas, you write a column, and then you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. So, uh, you know, obviously now, you know, one of our calling cards is doing reviews, you know, so it, it's funny. But you have to adapt and you have to change. And, uh, and the podcast just slowly grew from there. It really was just, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use cliches, but just like, like a grassroots thing. It started from yeah. literally one, you know, uh, half a dozen listeners. And uh, now here we are. So, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's the not so brief history of uh, of how we went from 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 nowhere to whatever it is we are now, which is slightly above nowhere. So yeah, right. No, it's it, it's it's I, I'm willing to say, and usually I'm I'm the first one to kind of put down what we do, but it, it's it's somewhere. I, I really do because if you look at it, and I was doing a little bit of stats before, and you know, obviously thanking everybody who's who's listened or followed or went to the website or you know anything like that, because I mean that that's really the lifeblood of it is, and it, it's really been. I mean, my God, it was the most boring thing ever when there was like two or three people that would would comment on any tweet we put or you know it, we'd post these shows and nobody would listen, nobody would comment, and now it's like almost we get so much, and it's just like all day is just like, and I'm. I don't. I love it. That's that's why I wanted to do it or whatever. But it's just so funny now how we we sort of went. But I was I was looking at some stats and 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 uh, we we were originally on Podomatic. On, on as as he mentioned, it was the site that that is really just kind of not really anything anymore. And we were on there, and then all, all of a sudden one day. I said, you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave your guys' little Podomatic because I'm I'm taking up all the file size because that's when we slowly were like we were like hour and a half shows and I was like, guys, yeah, this, like, this web- I apologize. I am taking yeah, the, up way too much of your server yeah, the space. Sport, like- the sports video game website that we were that we were a part of, you know, we their Podomatic serve they you know they needed they were asking us for money at that point because we were the only ones churning out content. And we were taking right. up all of their uh, their server space with our gigantic shows, yeah. Right, so you know that that contributed <laughs> to it too because you know we had our own URL that was sitting there dying on the vine. You know why are we paying these goofballs? We have our own website anyway. Uh, you know let's just do our own thing and and pay for our own shit. So uh, that's basically what you're getting at, I think. Yeah, so so we moved to Libsyn, uh, which has been great. It's been, or actually, no, sorry. There's anything between that is where I made my own Podomatic account, and I, I made it for a while. We were posting stuff on there. I was even paying the monthly fee for Podomatic and doing a bunch of stuff. And then one day, all of a sudden, I go on the site and I can't log in. I can't do anything. And I, I email them and I go, you know, what the hell's going on here? Why can't I get out of the podcast? And I, I can't log in, and, I, and and all of our links are dead. And they went, yeah, you guys are taking up too much server space. Like too many people were watching or listening to your podcast, so we had to delete you. I was like, well, <laughs> thanks for letting me know. So we lost everything in that. And that was a moment where I was almost just like, you know what? Forget it's it. It's also like, a blessing in disguise because I'm glad all of those old shows are lost because they're exactly, probably yeah, horrendous. No, thank God you don't have to listen to those. Probably yeah, those, terrible. those are really bad. And I have them on my computer and I will never, ever open them. <laughs> like I have them. They're on, a, they're on a USB drive as well. And they're on a, like a, a solid state drive just in case in one day, like people are like, you know, oh, I want to listen to the first. I mean, nobody's going to want to listen to those because they're awful. But anyway. So I decided to go to Libsyn, and that's really when 
you know, I had that rec- uh, of us saying, okay, look, you know, we played basically dime, you know, nickels and dimes for, for Potomatic. It was nothing to pay for this. Lipson was a lot more expensive. But it was a lot more stable. So it was kind of a thing like, okay, look, and this is March 2013 when we're doing this. So we almost went a full year just kind of not doing much of anything. And that was a big moment of, okay, look, are we going to really just get super serious about this thing and, and really make it something? And I think you and I both agreed, hey, look, you know, I, I think we have pretty good content. I think people like listening to it. Let, let's try it out. You know, let, let, let's really go. So we pay a, lot, a, a decent amount of money for this Libsyn, which is a stable server. And obviously we have all our episodes are up there and archived and all that sort of stuff. But I thought it was pretty interesting. My, my main point here was, so March 2013, I'm looking at the, the monthly totals. We had 270 downloads that month. And we're probably happy about it. We were, ex- I'm sure, ecstatic about that. And then the slow build, where, where the next month after that, we get 449. Then we have 865. Then in, in June of 2013, we get 1,000. Oh, my God. July 2013, we're back at 500. Okay, let's show And then we sort of hovered around 1,000 for a little bit. Well, and I then, think it was uh, G1 2013, which took us to a certain level. And then, right. then we stayed at that level. We stayed at that level. And that's at the website. 2013 yeah. G1 Climax is really what quote unquote started to put us on the map because that brought us to a level that we, and then we, then we leveled off and then before we went up again this year, but you're getting to that. Yes. And then, yeah. So obviously we, we, we hovered a little bit, you know, we, 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 the G1 came, we got up to, you know, 4,000 downloads or whatever. And that's, I thought I was like, all right, cool. That's, you know, we're, we're good. That's it. That's probably all we're going to get. August 2014, we, we broke 10,000 downloads in a one month. And that's just for the pockets. That's not even about the website. And we haven't gotten anywhere near, under 10,000 since then. Right. Which is incredible. Just, just unbelievable that we, we you know, went from two and, and in this amount of time as well, which is, is, is a testament obviously to, to everybody that listens to this podcast and the amount of people that listen to it, but just something, just something to be proud of, of, of the extent that we've grown in, in it, it's taken a while. I mean, it's almost taken two and a half years, three years or whatever, but it, February, it's just, 2012 was the first show. Right. Exactly. So there you go. Yes. But it, it, it's, it, it makes it all worth it when you kind of look at numbers like that and you go, wow. I mean, like, we do this hard work. We do these like ridiculous three-hour podcasts or whatever. I don't eat until you know 11 p.m. on these days. But when you see numbers like that and you, you get these interactions, you get people that say, "Hey, you know, I listen and and it's great." And here's my favorite moments. Like throughout the day, I was getting people to send me their favorite moments and stuff. And it it, it makes you feel pretty happy about like, you know what I mean? It's just it, it's not to be. I don't want to be braggy because really it's all rich. Based you on, you know, pat yourself on the back. If you want to be proud, <laughs> you be proud. If they don't like it, they'll, no, it they'll X-click out of there. Who cares? You, this is, you, you, you got your 100th show here. You've been excited about this all day. Yeah. You've been bragging about it. Do not apologize for being proud of yourself. Well, I yeah. am. So <laughs> that's all I can do. Don't make I'm, not, I'm not a very – Don't upset me. Just – Oh, I'm not. Oh, are you upset I'm now? I'm getting fired up here. <laughs> What are you upset you don't have about? to apologize for being proud of the right, growth right. here. You, you know, you've done a nice job. I and mean, let me tell you, let me tell people something. You know, I come on here and I rant and rave and I scream and I spell. Rich does everything on the back end. And when I say he does everything, he does everything. I don't do a damn. I can't. I can barely put a picture uh, on a damn review uh, without it. He does everything on the back end. I exaggerate a little. I'm a little more functional. Than <laughs> I was we, say, you're not that. We old. play it up a little bit. I mean, you put the you put the uh, the uh, the Sincar Curtis Axel. Medium res photo up this weekend, so I, I've gone from which I changed. I think I had to go. Change I've gone from finding low res pictures, the medium res pictures, and <laughs> soon I'll be able to identify high res pictures for yeah. my reviews. But uh, but but Rich really, he does everything on the back end. Not only that, Rich is very aggressive in seeking out new writers. Uh, he's done a good job with that. Um, nearly every writer that we've brought on, and they all do a great job. He brings these guys on. I'm like, ah, this guy fucking sucks. And then two weeks later, I love. It turns out that I, I love what the guy is doing. <laughs> 
You know, because you know, Rich goes out and finds these guys, and and he has he has a nose for finding these talented people, and uh, and they all and 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 I'm always a, a a crusty curmudgeon about bringing new people on, but then they always work out. You know, so uh, he's done a good job on that front too. He really handles everything on the back end. Now, um, you know, there have been times, um, you know, pulling back the curtain a little, where I've put my foot down on certain decisions, or or yeah. or, or you know, I'm kind of the. A lot of times, there's we we've had a lot of different business dealings that nobody ever hears about, and different negotiations with different websites, different people, uh, and whatnot. And Rich likes to position me as the bad cop sometimes. You know, I oh, yeah. I can you're, you're good. At I can always tell when Rich. Doesn't want to tell someone to go kick rocks because I'll get I'll get an email that's just sent to me without the other guy attached, and 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 Rich will be like, oh, what do you want? What do you think? <laughs> Whenever Rich says, what do you think? It means Rich wants to tell the guy to go to go take a hike, and he wants me to do it. So then I'll have to write a uh, you know a a a a nicely worded go kick rocks email to people when, when, you know, business proposals are sent our way that are not beneficial to our needs, which, which happen a lot. And and that's another sign, you know, that's when I kind of knew we were growing too, when we we're getting all kinds of wacky offers from oh, yeah. um, writers coming out of the wood, not just writers coming out of the woodwork, but, but different business opportunities and companies coming out of the woodwork and and sniffing around and you know most of these things you know you're, you're grateful for all of them but you turn most of them down you know and 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 websites that I think would surprise people who wanted to, that wanted to do business with us and it just you know it just wasn't beneficial just wasn't the right deal at the right time so there's a lot of that that that, that goes into it too but yeah rich really you know he 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 does 98% of the back end um, on the website, so all, all that credit goes to him. Well, thank you, but I mean, it's everybody. I I, I don't want to take too much. I, I really, I mean, without, I'm an idiot. Let's be honest. Without the writers, I mean, obviously you and the G1, and really, I think a, a lot of the credit, in, in a big way, obviously you 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 spearheaded a lot of the G1 coverage in 2013. You, and another big thing too, if you look at the numbers as well, is the match of the year poll as well, which is you did a lot of the back end of, of finding the people, you know, sending them the invites or whatever. But another guy too, in addition to you, I think in a big way is Brian Rose. And this past August for the G1, I mean, just unbelievable. A guy that just, no matter what was like, yeah, I'll, I'll cover the show. I'll review it. Like no matter what, 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m., 1 a.m., it didn't matter. Brian Rose is like, fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, I don't care. I, like, I <laughs> joked around a lot, but the 2013 G1 really did take a physical toll. Um, oh, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to act like I was the one in there taking the bumps, but, you know, staying up till 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, nine nights out of 11 nights, it, it, it really – it took me weeks to really get normal from that. And this year I was kind of dreading it. And, you know, uh, I think Brian did six of the shows and I did four. Or he did seven and I did five. I forget what the breakdown was. But, man, when, when those shows that, that were going off real late, that were going off 4.30 in the morning, it just took one email to Brian Rose. Hey, Brian, you think you could handle this? one no problem i got your oh, back yeah. i got it no problems no issues uh no twisting arms and uh and he really did a great job helping out with that and he ended up actually reviewing more of the 2014 shows than i did um and, and did a great job with him as well and, and i mean like i said before all the writers that you found yeah. i mean they, they all do a great job reviewing these shows and they, and they all have their own i've noticed a lot of them have all picked up on their own little you know clicks of fans who read all their stuff now that, yeah and that's that's the key i mean that that's what you really look for you know and that's really that can all be sort of branding on themselves yeah. you know everybody knows when uh, taylor mitchell or warren taylor or you know a guy like jason felix obviously that was one of our big controversies this past that was this summer right uh, it that was whole, earlier this whole, year yeah 
Oh, this year where that, that sort of went down, and he was a guy who, in a big way, I mean, he did the, the obviously the linear championship, which was huge for the site as well. He did the beginner's guide in New Japan or whatever, and it's a guy that I still talk to on the regular, and he doesn't contribute, you know, as as much to the day-to-day website as, as much as he did after the whole quote-unquote, you know, controversy, which we, we can get into that. I don't really care all that much. People probably know the story, but he's a good big guy as well that, that was sort of a brand in and of itself, and, and that's what we really look for. I mean, that's really what we want out of the writers and, and, and everybody that contributes. There's fans. I think we have fans of the podcast as well, which is a, another cool thing too. It's 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 so multi-layered. It's pretty – it's incredible. Yeah, I mean Dylan Hales with the great impact reviews and uh, Fujiwara Armbar with the great Pearl reviews. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's nice that it's, it's not just me and you anymore. You know, and, and right. we can we can concentrate on uh, on doing the audio and, and and you know we still write plenty. You know, we still do our review, but we don't have to do everything. And it was just impossible for two people to do everything. You know, now we cover every WWE show, we cover every Pro show. You know, we we're still trying to find somebody to consistently do some lucha, but you know we're getting there. And it's just uh, it, it you know it, it, it's. It's 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 really been great to 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 find some of these uh, talented writers to hop on and, and give us a hand, and they and they really are all doing a great job. Absolutely. So let's get into a little bit of wrestling here. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna cover a little bit of wrestling in this little in between part, and then I think the last hour we we have a Skype number and we're gonna allow open calls. Obviously, I'm saying this now, but everybody that's listening <laughs> doesn't know. But we're gonna mention it on Twitter, and and, and you'll see it the last hour will just kind of be an ask us anything, a, a wide open. Take calls and, and, and see what the hell happens. It, it might be zany. It might be insane. It might be awful. There might be trolls. But And, th- and this it. was not tested, it, right? and we have no idea. <laughs> so we have, it might work. It might not work. Fuck it, right? That's, that's, but that's, this is the chance for everyone to speak right. to us directly and uh, argue with us. And uh, <laughs> that's the other thing, too. You know, you, you, you really don't know. Uh, you know you, you, to me, you've really started to arrive when you have people who hate your guts. Right, exactly. And and there's so many people who hate my guts now, and I appreciate each and every one of them, Rich. <laughs> I appreciate each and every person who can't stand me. It's it's just it it thrills me as much as the people I, uh, who do enjoy my opinions. So hopefully a few of them call and uh, we can uh, have some uh, heated arguments on the air. Absolutely, but let's let's get into the uh, the wrestling portion of this podcast. Now we've talked about power and, uh, <laughs> and 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 website statistics, but now we can actually get into some other stuff. Uh, Survivor Series. You want to talk about that? Lead let's off. Let's do it. All right, so obviously the, the a lot of big moments here. I think let's start off with the main event, which I think is the part that I mean we'll, we'll break down the matches, you know, as we go. Uh, but the main event was the real story. It was a one match show in a lot of ways. Uh, there was some stuff, you know, here and there, but really the focus was on that. That was obviously the huge match, you know, forty five minute long, big deal. I mean, just every angle you could possibly have. We'll kind of break it down a little bit, you know, here in a sec. But overall, what were your thoughts on, on the main event? Obviously, the Team Cena versus Team Authority. You know, Team Cena pulls out the victory. Dolph Ziggler pulls out the victory. The debut of Sting. Just so much stuff. What were your overall thoughts on the match before we kind of break it down a little bit more intricately? Well, this was a raw episode until the main event. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just call it what it was. The show just wasn't very good until the main event. It was like an average – it's like watching an average raw. And then uh, the main – Complete with the 20-minute promo to start off. Complete with the 20-minute promo. <laughs> which I was watching. I, I'm sitting there watching it with – I mentioned uh, on Twitter I'm watching it with my girlfriend's family or whatever, which – Dear guy, I apologize to them in advance. Although my my girlfriend's dad just texted me and said, "Who is this guy?" Because he's watching Raw right now, and Daniel Bryan came out. So <laughs> apparently, I converted a new fan. So because now he's he's calling, and I'm like, I'm doing a I can't talk to you right now. I'm doing a podcast, and he goes, "So wait, so Team Authority's in, and then who's out?" And uh, gotta admit, this is pretty it popular is. You, stuff. You've created a new viewer. Yeah, here's a new because uh, he listens. He watches USA afterwards, and he usually leaves. He watches NCIS or whatever's on before, and then he's like, "Fuck!" Like so he knows who John Cena is just because the first minute of Raw when he goes to like get a cigarette and comes back, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. We just said, gotta admit, it's pretty popular stuff. So, 
So uh, new fan here, but no. So he's he's so he's like so. What is this? Is this an episode of like the TV show? And I went, no, no, no. This is like supposed to be something that you pay for. And he's like, but we aren't paying. It was like this big long discussion of of trying to explain. Oh God! I, and why it started off with a giant promo to begin, but and know. why it was free, but that you pay for it. <laughs> it was just like because he's like, well, are you signed in? And I'm like, no, 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 you're signed in. And he's like, but I don't pay. I was like, All right, oh, it sounds like, like the worst. That sounds like <laughs> it went for like 40 minutes. During the, pretty much the entire opening promo was me explaining what was. That going sounds on. like every conversation with every ex girlfriend I've ever had. I just, I just, <laughs> right. I, I want to put fucking, I want to stuff shit into my ears so I can't even hear it anymore. God, <laughs> that sounds awful, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it felt like a raw episode, and then. Uh, you know, the main event was the only thing that, that felt special. And I, I thought, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed the main event match and, 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 and everything about it until it got a little silly and overbooked at the end. You know, they, it, oh, yeah. it, it got it got overbooked at the end. But, you know, that's – look, we talk about it all the time. That's what this company does. But then they gave it a payoff sting, first time ever in the WWE ring. And I see a lot of curmudgeons out there kind of shitting on it and – Sting looked old, and you know Sting's music sucked, and uh, who cares about Sting? Look, it was a cool moment for what? Look, I'm not, I wasn't jumping up and down about it. Uh, it wasn't uh, Hulk Hogan joining the NWO. Um, it, it wasn't Punk beating Cena in 2011 and Money in the Bank and leaving with the title. But it was a cool little moment. Um, it was definitely historical. It was something that everyone who watched is always going to remember, um, and, and it is historical. And and I, I you look and I thought it did come off well. I thought Triple H was excellent in that portion of the uh, in that in that whole segment with Sting, his facial expressions, mm-hmm. his reactions. Oh, he was Triple H in that entire main event was awesome. And, and and I mentioned to people, I was talking to people, you know, throughout the day, and and, and even friends or whatever. And and the big thing I've mentioned is. It's so because I I, I kind of probably I, I probably knew the result at any point I knew it's it, the stipulations didn't matter and all that sort of stuff but Triple H taking it so serious on the outside and, and and just sweating through his suit and just like every little move and everything was was like the end of the world for him that's the stuff I love because that's one that you can get into it then and that's that's one of the issues with a lot of people that have with John Cena is that you know win or lose it's whatever you know I lost the title but ah titles come and go I mean he literally said titles come and go once and all that sort of stuff and it's like you know what no well why would I care then whereas when you see somebody like Triple Triple H, I knew the result. I knew the stipulations didn't matter, but he cared so much that I couldn't help but care. That I was excited. I was every near fall. I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, because because he's doing the same thing, and it's just that that's. I thought he was awesome. I thought him and Stephanie were amazing in that main event. My my favorite moment in the match was also my one little minor booking gripe, which was Big Show finally listened to me. Use <laughs> the fun. I I, I I don't know if it, did I text you though or I don't remember. I just I said it to somebody. I might have just screamed it out to the heavens and I went finally yes yes that's exactly how the movie should have been. Used. I've been screaming for the past ten years. Just punch just people. punch him in the face. What are you wasting time for? <laughs> just punch him in the face. So he finally did it. He finally just punched somebody in the face and beat them. And then you know what? Mark Henry's eliminated and he rolls out of the ring and I don't even know who came in next. It might have been Luke Harper, whoever it was. It's not even, <laughs> no, it was Kane as a matter of fact. Okay, yeah, it was Kane, Kane yeah. is the next guy in, and what does Big Show do? He punches him in the gut. <laughs> Why didn't you just punch him in the face? So one, you know, one second earlier, I'm all proud of the guy for finally growing a brain with his stupid finisher that has the worst psychology ever, and then it goes right back to stupid Big Show who forgets that all he has to do is punch the guy in the face. So, uh, yeah, but I was happy that he finally did it, and uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe my eyes. But here's the thing. The, in all seriousness, though, that was the one little booking wrinkle. Uh, that I thought didn't work because if the plan was for him to join the authority later in the match, 
why would he eliminate Mark Henry from the match? Right. You, you know, if they were going to do the nano elimination with Mark Henry, which was fine and an interesting way to start the match, it probably would have been smarter to let Ryback get the quick finish over Mark Henry. Uh, and that would also work on two levels. It would also work from the, from, the, from the aspect of Ryback also ultimately would end up being the first guy eliminated from his team. Right. And really it was a nothing in this match right. so, overall. So which if, is... if you let him eliminate Mark Henry, you know, in under 10 seconds, you give him a little bit of rub before you eliminate him. But as it was, he kind of just got eliminated and, you know, it was an afterthought in the, in the match. So I would have had Ryback eliminate Mark Henry instead of Big Show for, for, the, for both of those reasons. But other than that, I thought the rest of the match, up until it got wacky and zany at the end, mm-hmm. uh, was... Very... Guys selling for like 45 minutes. While yeah, they... I mean... You know, like Seth Rollins got the zigzag and just had to sit there for like 15 you know, everyone, minutes. Everyone already. talks about Seth Rollins selling the zigzag forever. What about earlier in the match when uh, before many of the people were eliminated and, and they were somebody did a, they did the dive sequences and uh you know i forget who did the dive but you know about eight different guys caught this person who was doing it mm-hmm. big show must have sold that on the floor <laughs> for literally 10 minutes and, and he was one of eight people who caught the dive, so I, thought <laughs> That's that, a big dive. I thought that was pretty ridiculous too but if you want to talk about some 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 long-term selling that did work i thought dolph ziggler was incredible this oh, match yeah. and I, I know that you said, you know, they can make a star off of this. Uh, but here's the thing. In, in reality, the reason that he was, he was really the best suitable person right. in the match to be put in the position of taking the long beating, then selling the long beating, and then making the hot comeback at the end. I mean, that's really the only reason he was probably in the match to begin with or put into that position to begin with. So I don't expect them to do anything with Dol- Dolph Ziggler come off. I mean, you're right. If they wanted to, they could. But I just think that he was... No, no, you're absolutely right. Because it wouldn't make sense if Cena was the one taking all that. I mean, that, that's just... Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, and, and, or, 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 uh, or, or Eric Rowan. You know what I mean? It had... Ziggler <laughs> was best suited for that role. So I think that's why he got that role. Um, but he was fantastic. He was, he, was, he was nothing short of fantastic in that match from start to finish. He really was great. I mean, and, and we throw that around a lot, but Ziggler was great in this match. Um, you know, other people, look, everyone in this match uh, held up their end of it. I thought everybody here was excellent. Um, and, and again, I could excuse the, 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 the extra wacky booking at the end because you know, they're mm-hmm. setting up the stink thing. And I'll tell you this, if that didn't leak, I don't think people would be as sort of, you know, I, I'm getting, I'm seeing more negative about the Sting thing than positive. Not so much negative, but more of that it's not so much of a big deal, I guess. There, there, yeah, right. And, uh, you know, just, if, if it didn't leak first, and I think if it would have caught people off guard, I think people would have been, uh, would have been more positive on it. Um, you know, I'm not a big Sting fan, but I'm also not a big Sting. I, I, I'm kind of neutral on Sting. But I have to admit, I thought it was really cool seeing him in the WWE ring. I, I was the same way, and that, that was actually what, what led me to uh, earlier in the day, if people were following us on Twitter, I was sort of trying to gauge, and I talked to a few buddies as well to kind of get their idea of it as well, of who's the – who's the because there's some fans I see that just when Sting comes out, and, and we talk about it's – it's the Observer Hall of Fame discussion that we have too, that people – there's a subset of fans that just Sting is it. Sting is their guy. They're, they're, and, and I was really trying to figure out what the age demographic was of those sort of people. And, and what I think I came to was early 30s to mid 30s. Those people, those fans, they just fucking love Sting. Like he's the he's the the guy to them. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, sort of my generation, a little bit, and, and specifically me, I can I can mention as well is I was a big Sting fan growing up, but I wasn't like that. You know what I mean? He comes out, and I thought it was really cool. I thought it was a good moment, very fun. 
but it's not like, oh my God, you know, I was jumping up and down or whatever. But I had friends, I had older friends that were just like, this was the greatest moment of my, I mean, Sting in a WWE ring. And you sort of had a, a different thought though, which is, which is interesting because you kind of fall, you know, sort of in that demographic uh, and, and all, you know, age jokes aside or whatever, you sort of fall in the demographic that I would assume would be a huge Sting fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was never uh, anti, look, he was, I guess he came in, I guess when they, when he came in from when, you know, when they bought out Watts, I guess, what was that around mm-hmm. 87 or so, 87, 88, somewhere. In that yeah. Year. Yeah. Somewhere in that. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, yeah. I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm a kid, you know, and, and I didn't hate Sting, but I was never, he was never my, one of my favorites either. Like I actively hated Hulk Hogan as a kid. Like mm-hmm. even as a little kid, I was a dumb smart I never, yeah. who hated the baby faces. I always rooted for the heels against Hulk Hogan. I never got Hulk Hogan. He never appealed to me. I thought, uh, I thought, I thought to me when I was a little kid, his matches were so fucking phony. I hated the Hogan no sell at the end with the shaking up. You know, I, I hated that the Hogan power up that never appealed to me as a kid. And I and I and I hated Hulk Hogan. I never hated Sting. I, he was just a guy on the roster who was, oh, okay, I'll, I'll sit through this match. You know, if I rented a VHS or something, I wouldn't fast forward his shit. You know what I mean? Um, but he wasn't my favorite guy. You know, when it came to those days on TBS, I was all about the Road Warriors and uh, and the Four Horsemen and people like mm-hmm. that more so than Sting. But, um, you know, so, I, I mean, you would think that I would fall – see – in my opinion, I would think your generation would be more to stay yeah. because of the crow thing. Yeah, well, what I think what really happened is, and that's that's kind of why I wanted to sort of gauge our, our Twitter audience to see what it is, and, and a few of my friends that obviously grew up and watched with me. But I think one of the keys that I'm finding, and, and I think you had to be a fan before the crow thing. And then during the Crow thing, I think it, you, you don't have to be like, you don't have to come in 1988 or whatever. I think if you were a fan starting, you know, 92, 93, 94, somewhere around there, and then saw the progression of Surfer Sting into Crow Sting, those people seem to be the ones that are just like, you know, fucking adore him and, and, and really love everything he does. Whereas me, who just came in with the Crow, I know the first time I watched WCW, and I, I, I probably started watching maybe 96, 97, I watched WCW. I started watching WWE a lot earlier, and I've obviously went back and watched tapes. You know, right away I went back and, and, and sort of got the idea sting. But the first few times I was like, who is this creepy dude and why is he just in the rafters? Like, I thought he was weird. I didn't quite get it. Because, you know, WCW at that, at that time, I mean, that's all he was. He would come down occasionally and beat people up and people cheered. I had no idea the backstory or whatever. So I feel like a lot of people that understand why he became Crow Sting really adored him more than the people that just kind of came in when he was Crow Sting. You could be on, That's I think, I think I thought, you, yeah. yeah, you could be on the I mean, you know what? Good for them, and I, I hope they, they, they enjoyed that last night. Yeah, absolutely. And, no, and, and I thought and it was we're, cool and we're, and, and we're recording this during Raw, so we have no idea right. what the follow-up is. And it, Look. So far, there's nothing. It, it could be awful because we know how they don't follow up on things very well. And, hey, look, they may not follow up at all. I mean, they never – there's been things that they've done on pay-per-views that have people buzzing, and then they never followed up, period. Um, so who knows what they're going to do tonight? I, we can't even speculate. We won't bother because it's it'll be irrelevant by the time people listen. But um, I, I liked it for what it was. Um, you know, it's it's like I said, I don't really see people shitting on it as much as kind of shoulder shrugging it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I I, yeah, I guess okay, but I mean, I I'm usually more cynical than most people and or more grumpy than most people. But I I I, I don't know. I I kind of got I into it. Cool it. I, I thought it was cool. It's one of those moments that I, I think. No matter what, and, and the follow-up is obviously the big thing that matters, but I think right now, you're when talking about it right now afterwards, it's one of those moments you're going to kind of remember. I mean, it's it's a it's a poignant moment. I mean, it's the the guy who's never debuted in, or was never in WWE is finally there. You know, that's a big moment regardless. And I, look, I'm someone on record for, you know, the last two or three years. I would like to see the Sting-Undertaker match. 
and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I wish it would have, only because, look, no, it wouldn't have been a good match. It probably would have been a bad match. But think of the moment. The moment would have been cool. And, you know, at, at, at WrestleMania, on that stage, I, I would have liked to have seen them go nose to nose. And that's what people would have remembered anyway. Nobody would have remembered the match as much as the moment anyway, whether the match was good or otherwise. So I was kind of hoping that we'd get to see that moment. We probably won't now <laughs> unless they do some kind of tag. And even then it'll kind of be watered down. But it, it sure it sure seems like they're going towards some kind of Sting and Triple H thing. I mean, yeah, it, that, it, that appears, it seems yeah. that way. Um, you know, and, and maybe Undertaker really is has just had enough after that disaster last year with Lesnar. Um, but I do kind of think it's a shame. And, you know, one thing, you know, there's a lot of it, it's it's a lot of eggs on people's faces who, you know, there was a lot. There was a, 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 a certain group of fans. Oh, WWE fans won't even know who Sting is. I mean, come on. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> you know, it's it's I I, I I don't know. I don't even want to waste any more breath on that. That's just stupid. But uh, and a Sting Undertaker match. I don't I don't even know why people were debating that. That would have been huge. Yeah, absolutely. Just the, 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 it might not have been the greatest. I mean, once once the match happens, that might be the part where it gets a little dicey. But the build up to it, the promos, the everything else would have been awesome. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. I mean, people saw that graph. Remember, somebody made that graphic where Sting was holding up the card or whatever, and it had Undertaker in it, and people went insane about yeah. that. Yeah, and that was just some random dude doing a Photoshop, and you still see that. Yeah, thing and people around. just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on. It's just the, the, just the ring introductions and 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 the moment before they lock up would have been special. Right, but. Absolutely. You know, I'm not losing sleep that we're not getting it, but it definitely would have been something that I I think it would have been something cool, but you know, sure. it doesn't look like it's And I think happen. just I, I think Sting in a ring regardless in a WWE ring is going to Oh be yeah, yeah, absolutely. One way or another. I mean even no matter who he's against. So, uh, let, let's break down this card here a little bit. I, I I don't really have a ton of strong thoughts about a lot of the other stuff on the card, but we can kind of run this through real quick. And if if you want to hear obviously Joe's thoughts, uh you did a review, you did a roundtable review. Uh, obviously on the website, voiceofwrestling.com, you look up Survivor Series review with three other guys on the roundtable there if you want really intricate thoughts here. But um, I was grumpy in that review, let me tell you. You were. You were a little grumpy, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> that was a foul mood going into that review. So. Well, it was the Rams, right? I didn't, like, I didn't watch. I don't watch football. I, so I, I didn't like the way the end of the Rams game was booked, and it, it really bothered me how they lost. <laughs> screw job was and, a screw uh, job finish. Oh, what? And actually, no, right? I read something about it. it was kind of a screw job. It, right? it was a screw job finish, and I ring the bell. Yeah, it. Roger Goodell told the refs to ring the bell, right? And uh, the phantom penalty on the Tavon Austin punt return, and then uh, of course we throw the interception with 50 seconds left to lose the game, <laughs> effectively ending the season. So then I went right into Survivor Series, very grumpy, very grumpy, and uh, it's reflected in that review that everybody should go read. Absolutely. So we're starting with a few of the pre-show matches here, real quick. Fandango, Justin Gabriel. Any thoughts on the new Fandango? He's nah, just... it's the same thing. I mean, it's Fandango right. with new gear and no, he's a Spaniard now, and, and, his, and he's got your girl Rosa and his least talented dance partner yet. That's all. So <laughs> um, he'll have a new dance partner in another six months, or eventually they'll just move him out of. Look, he's very good in this gimmick, but it's clear that it's going nowhere. So, mm-hmm. but he's a very talented guy. You know, you know, I'm all in on this guy. I oh, think yeah. as, as he a, really needs to stop doing that top rope leg drop, though. As a te- see, are you one of those people? I'm not. I don't give a fuck. Well, I don't care. I mean, for his own. I mean, no, I, I don't care. I enjoy watching it. But I'm telling him he probably should. I don't care. I mean, if he wants to not be able to walk when he's 38, I, that's yeah, that's his man. business. I enjoy a nice Alabama gym, no, Rich. I, and I, I no, I think it's a great move. I, I love it. It's 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 aesthetically awesome. It looks great. But I'm just you know. 
I don't care. I'm just saying if he wants to walk. It's not my spine, brother. So right. uh, yeah. I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the new old Fandango. It's the same shit. It's just a right. fresh coat of paint. Um, with longer hair. You know, it's it's. I kind of wish they'd finally do something with Justin Gabriel, but that's never going to happen. But then again, you know, they're doing something with Tyson Kidd, so who knows? Maybe they will. Yeah. It seemed you know, it, yeah. it looked like they were going to do something with both of them but on NXT, but then Gabriel kind of – remember, Gabriel was part of that whole Tyson yeah. Kidd thing yeah, in the was. beginning, but then he kind of just disappeared. Now he's doing, yeah, now he's doing job duty on B shows and pre shows, and he look, he 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 does he's pretty good. At he it. does he's a great not, job doing yeah. job duty, but he's a real talented guy, and you know, I I I'd wish they'd give him a shot. I mean, you know, it's but you know, what are you going to do? They can't give everyone a shot. It's a deep roster. All right, uh, then we had Jack Swagger versus Cesaro. The downward slide of Cesaro continued as Jack Swagger beat him in about a little over five minutes. But uh, yeah, this was kind of. This was not as good as it could have been. I mean, they, 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 well, I mean, look, they crammed the last five. They, yeah. they crammed the last five minutes of a really good match into a five-minute match. Right. Exactly. And and they did what they could, and it was fine for what it was, you know. And it's two guys that I really like, and and I thought they were smart to kind of do. They, but they basically did was they they did the hot closing stretch of a fifteen-minute. As you said, yeah, I think that's the perfect way to say it, is it was a twenty-minute match, but they cut off the first fifteen, gave you the last five, and did it in you know the time they were given. They probably it almost looked it almost felt like they knew they, they had a ten minute match planned out and they said hey you got five and they went okay well <laughs> we'll just get right to the the ankle selling part and and we'll get right there so that that was yeah but the Cesaro thing is very dis I mean that that's he's going to be one of the big stories at the end of this year is just where this guy was at the beginning of the year and where he is now I mean th- this is the guy who at WrestleMania was was a point where everybody was going oh this is the time and and again it's more evidence that the secondary titles, and I have to bring it up every time somebody wins a secondary title, is, oh, maybe this is the time they do something with an Intercontinental title. Or this, the, they're, no, they're not. It's the death sentence. For the, you don't want those titles. Like, for the people who, who dislike me and, 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 and like pointing out when I'm wrong, I'll fully admit and cop to being wrong about Cesaro. I, I kind of thought um, you know, it was just a typical WWE slow build kind of deal. They never really put the rocket on any very few times. They just do a Roman Reigns style push where they put the rocket on the back and don't look yeah. back. And I thought Cesaro was just, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, I can't believe it. They're just they're, they're burying him after. And I was like, you know, that, that may not be the case. You know, it's sometimes it's a, we talked about it on this show. But I will now fully admit that I was wrong. I mean, it's clear that they have no designs on doing anything with this guy. It didn't make and, any sense. The problem was, and, and what, what made it even worse is, I and, and you were sort of justified when they put Heyman with him, and you're like, all right, cool. Well, that's, I mean, that's the guy or whatever. And then Cesaro's entire thing was, hey, Brock Lesnar won the <laughs> beat the streak. Oh, yeah, and I have this one I guy, Cesaro, see, here. See, like, I didn't even mind that. I thought I, I didn't mind that part of it because I, uh, I because thought it was. here's why I didn't mind though because I figured any association with Heyman guaranteed that he'd be in good segments and that there'd be all eyes on his segments because Heyman was out there. Okay. And, okay. And uh, yeah. So I I was okay with that, but it just didn't you know I thought they gave up. I it never clicked. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I never would have split them up. I I still don't understand why they didn't keep him with Heyman. But uh, I, I don't know. It's just I, actually I do understand. I just don't. Put, someone doesn't believe in the guy. That's the bottom line. Yeah, someone right. just doesn't get it and doesn't believe in the guy. Maybe he rubs someone the wrong way. We've heard we've heard stories that that Vince just doesn't get him and doesn't right. understand. Like people brought up those comments about the Cena order. I really, really don't think it's that. I, I just I think it's think overall so. Vince just doesn't get it. I, like you said, I think it's a bigger. It, I mean, we we look at it's it's not like the guy's ever been booked for more than a few weeks. Properly, you know what I mean. It's just they've never really give it, going all the way with him. It almost feels like Ever. at times um, that they've convinced 
uh, Vince that they should move forward with him, but then Vince just... It's one-week trials. It's like a week trial, and then something bothers him about one of the matches, and, and there then was he a goes, solid, okay, the end of that. Yeah, yeah other than that, sol- there was a solid couple-month run there early in the year, mm-hmm. you know, right up through... Oh, he was an elimination chamber. Yeah, he was a big part yeah, of Yeah, so, you know, it, it, he did have a... But it's just, I don't know. That's the story that, you know, you read in newsletters and stuff that Vince just doesn't get the guy, so yeah. maybe it's just Vince is the roadblock. Who knows? Whatever. All right. Then we started the uh, the pay per view with the the fatal four way tag team title match. It was the Miz and Damien Mizdow, Golden oh, Stardust. No, 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 Rich. We started the pay per view with a twenty minute. Oh right. right, right. Well, we mentioned that at the top. Yes. The 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 Ross segment where everybody talked and and John Cena came out. You know, and some people aired. some people jumped in our Twitter feed and made a good point. You know, with this being the free month for WWE Network, that might have been their way of catching up people who don't watch Raw. Sure. As to what the hell was going on on the show. Mm-hmm. Now you know my opinion on that. I don't I, I, I don't believe in that. I believe people are smart enough to catch up on their own. Right. I don't think you need to explain everything to everybody. Or make them. I mean, the, 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 <laughs> that's what's funny is make people want to go seek out your other stuff. Don't get, don't force feed them what you want them to know. You know what I mean? Whereas if you really wanted to know what happened, punish them for not watching Raw. Say, look, if you want to get, if you want to know what the hell's going on here, but it's, I get it. It's, it's a catch 22 in that way where you can say, if people are really confused, they might, you know, just bow out and, and, and not know the story or I, I get it. I get both. What I don't sides, know, man, but... they didn't give you Jesse Pinkman's entire backstory in the beginning of every breaking bank. I so agree. I agree. For the benefit of people who were just, I think in. most highbrow stuff don't really give you, they, they let you sort of explore it the way you want to explore it and get to where you want to get to. But I, I get it, I guess. Look, but... man, this isn't, this isn't, uh, listen, this is, it's not, the really this hardest is, story to yeah, follow. Yeah, this either. is pro wrestling, and it's well. It would help is if the fucking announcers would ever actually lead you in on what the hell's going on. But you know, we have to we have to laugh and gaggle and and talk about you know 1950s stunt women and you know. Well, that's the thing too. It, look, it's not high art. It's it's fucking right. pro wrestling. People look. People are gonna catch up. Okay, they write this stuff for children and 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 people who aren't very smart to begin with. So the people watching for the first time would have caught up. All right, let's not pretend this is high art. So it really wasn't necessary to do that segment. But anyway, uh, on to the first match. Okay, first match, obviously, the Fatal 4-Way. Uh, Miz, Damon, Mizdow, Golden Stardust, the Usos, and Los Metadores. What did you think about this It guy? was a raw match. There was nothing wrong with it. It was completely inoffensive, and I have nothing to complain about. It was just a raw match, you know? It yeah. was, And if not for the, it had a real hot closing stretch that I liked. And if you take away that hot closing stretch, it was what I like to call the WWE two-star special. Yeah. But it had the closing stretch, which bumped it up a little bit from that. And it was fine. And we kind of suspected Ms. Dow would win the, win the titles, and they did. And it, it, was, it was a raw match. That's, I mean, yep. that's, that's what just keeps popping into my mind. Yeah, well, without the crowd going insane for – if you had a worse crowd or a crowd that didn't care about Damian Mizdow, this match probably wouldn't have been – I mean, it would have been nothing. I mean, it really would have been a nothing because that was the, the moment there is is watching him tag in. And, and that might be a credit to WWE of how they've sort of booked him or or how Mizdow has played the character or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he was the focal point there of him tagging in, him doing this. I mean, that that – the only thing you were waiting for is, okay, when is he getting in this match and what is he going to do? And obviously he came in, did the kind of the fake thing, and then he got tagged out. And then obviously the closing stretch where he fake tags in or, or you know, he blind tags in, gets in and, and gets a pin and, and the crowd goes insane. Great, great yeah, finish. You, great finish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a very well-booked finish yeah. overall. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it was – it was otherwise, it was just kind of there. And I had – it was sort of, you know, Dylan Dylan Hales on, on a Twitter account mentioned as well. He just kind of said it was either like you love it or you loathe it. But I was kind of in between. I just don't think it was. I just thought it was there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I didn't I, really. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I just was like, cool. Yeah, whatever. I, I mean, yeah, it wasn't. I, I have to disagree. I don't see it as a yeah. love it or loathe it match. I just see it as a, a match that 
was completely inoffensive, but I could see right. if people really liked it because I could see it had elements of things that people would really like. I can't really see hating it though. There was nothing no, I, I didn't. About yeah, it. you know, and this it's was perfectly the, reasonably well worked. This yeah. was the most entertaining I thought Stardust ever. I really liked Stardust in this match, mm-hmm. and I also should note that officially now, uh, via Voices of Wrestling research, the Rhodes brothers and the Usos have now faced each other more on television than the Killer Elite Squad and Tenkoji. There you go. Now well, congratulations. Yeah. They've now surpassed them by one match. I'll put the, in, in, I don't have a clap sound effect, and I'm not going back the, in. So the, just, the, uh, two most over, yeah. the two most overdone matches in, <laughs> in mainstream wrestling. Uh, well, in, in, well, people know what I mean when I say mainstream. I'm not suggesting, before we start getting angry tweets, I'm not <laughs> suggesting it. You know what I mean. The two most overdone it. feuds in, in major league level wrestling over the past couple of years. I should note, too, the KES Tenkoji stuff started at the end of 2012. They've crammed all of these Uso Rhodes Brothers matches in since 2013. Right. So, uh, it really is time to move those two teams apart from each other. There's enough teams yes. on the roster. Cross promotional. If 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 it needs if it's necessary to get these people away from each other, cross promotional work. But oh. I think KES is finally done with them. I really do. Oh oh, KES and Tenkoji are done. But I mean, the Usos and the Rhodes Brothers. Oh that yeah, that's it's I don't know. It's time to separate never. these two teams. Look, have one of them feud with the Matador guys or something. You know what right. I mean? I think the Usos versus the Matador guys would be a lot would of be fun. A yeah. real entertaining feud. You know, and I actually think it might be time to finally split the Rhodes brothers so we can build towards their WrestleMania singles match, which I would mm-hmm. actually be interested in. The second year, the maybe the, the third year this in a row that we can say. Yeah. Well, Dustin's been pushing for it since probably WrestleMania 27 or right. so. And, uh, you know, I'd actually have some interest in that. It could get Cody away from the Stardust thing, which pretty soon that's going to run its course and people are going to get tired of it. Right. And, uh, you know, Goldust, you know, it could be Goldust versus uh, Cody and he could put over Cody and, and you know, it could be a, a nice moment. You could have Dusty out there, but fantasy book and nobody cares let's yep. move on nobody care all right so then you had the four on four divas traditional survivor series match and this one if, if joe uh, if if dylan wanted to say it was a love it or loathe it match i believe because we had oh man we run the gamut of uh, on, on twitter and i saw and every reaction every every podcast i've listened to has had at least one person that that hated this thing and thought it was the worst thing ever and then one person that loved it and then and it was the team fox alicia fox emma naomi and natalia uh defeating team page was a page cameron and Apparently, they're called the Slayers, according to Wikipedia, which is Layla and Summer Have you ever heard them called the Slayers? I've never heard that term used. Well, that's what Wikipedia has called them, the Slayers. That's got to be like a fake edit there or whatever, but they're the Slayers. I got to be fair, though, because I must not pay attention because I never knew Bray Wyatt was called the Eater of Worlds until like a year later. Oh, I knew that. That one I didn't even pick up. Because he has a a, a T-shirt that's showing him literally eating a world. It's so so bad. uh, That's how I knew that. But they're apparently the Slayers. Right. Well, let's go with the Slayers. Look. I like it. It's a great name. You're but, uh, right. yeah, there people, you go. Team Fox versus Team Page. Yeah, you're right, man. People were all over the board on this. There were people who could not wait for this to end and thought it was the biggest piece of shit ever. There were people like me who thought it was a perfectly acceptable, okay. You know, I, I thought it was just, I mean, I, it wasn't all that much worse than the, the four way tag, honestly, in my opinion. I mean, that four way tag was better, but I didn't think this was that much worse than that. I thought it was a, a, a below, a slightly below average to average match. But then there were people who thought it was fucking great. We were getting Twitter responses from people who thought that this match was incredible. So there were literally reactions all over the board. And what that tells me is that nobody's wrong. Because when you have reactions that are that strong all over the place, I don't think anybody's wrong. Look, there were things I liked about it. Look, it was sloppy in spots. There's no question about it. And uh, but, but there were things I liked about it. I thought it was worked yeah. at a great pace, especially for the length. When I saw how hard they were working, I was like, wow, they're not going to get any time. 
but then they ended up getting time. Right, and we talked about that in the podcast before. We, we thought it was maybe hard. five to eight minutes, and it, it ended up being almost 15. Yeah, and, they, and it was worked at a hard pace, and I thought Paige – it was great. She was great. She was rich. She, you know, she was working real hard and, and she was healing it up. And I thought she did a great job. And I thought they were smart to get rid of Cameron nice and early because yeah. Cameron is fucking awful. I have yeah. to suffer through Cameron when I watch superstars. Yeah. I apologize. And, yeah. That was not good. And she's bad. The other, the other one that I think stinks. And I know some people think she's good. I think she stinks. That's Summer Rae. I think Summer Rae stinks. No, she's uh, no, she was particularly. I don't think I've heard one person say that she was good. And this one, she was particularly awful. No, I've, there's people that have enjoyed. I've never enjoyed her at all. I never saw any of the appeal whatsoever. But there are others that do think she was okay. Universally, everybody thought she was the absolute dirt worst here. Like one of the worst performances ever. She was yeah. really bad in this match, and she's bad every time I see her. And the, here's the thing about it: I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel with her. I don't. Either, I just yeah. don't think she's athletically competent enough to compete at this level. Um, man, those are WWE. How am I using these? these those are athletically competes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? It's like, I, I got you. Yeah. I don't think she's, I don't think uh, it, it looks like she has two left feet and you know, yeah, no, she can't, she can't move. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, awful. Like, it's, it's like, you would think that someone it, who's has dancing ability, Right, would be able to move their feet. It's not but. all that much different, but she's she's someone who, to me, looks like she's never gonna completely get it when it comes to wrestling. I, she, mm-hmm. I, but you know, instead of just beating up on her and Cameron, you know, the other everybody else in the match was very good. And I'll tell you what, Natalia wasn't even focused on. And no, this not was at all. Still, uh, to me, uh, you know, an average match. Emma arrived back on the scene. You know, like, oh wait, we have this, <laughs> we have this woman who's she got to shine a little bit. Yeah. You know? I mean, she had some uh, a few sloppy parts here and there, but otherwise she she was featured pretty well and and, and did well in it. This was I the thought. Paige show. Yeah, absolutely. This this is all about Paige, and, and, and the booking was, was surrounded around her and all that stuff too. And I but. wonder if you agree with this. I think this was the best clean sweep in Survivor Series history. Ooh, well, that, what's because you you did the study now? Clean, yeah, okay. Clean so we have... sweeps are always terrible. Yeah, the other one was uh, you had the what was it? The Paul Roma and oh, yeah, uh, who I, was I, that? I can... the Stallions versus. Yeah, I can give you a couple off the top of my head. Yeah, you had Slaughter's team. Mm-hmm. When he when he went back, oh that one was horrible. Yeah, that one was when awful. he went back, babyface, and he teamed with Jim Duggan. Oh god, and god. and they faced uh, Virgil and like that. Oh, god, yeah, and they, they faced the Bolsheviks. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, he had Volkov on his team. Didn't Vol? Wasn't that after the Bolshevik split? Um, the point is, let me see. I got to fire it up. Yeah, yeah I really fired up. The point up. is, like Slaughter's team in '91 had a clean sweep, and it was bad. You had uh, Slaughter, Jim Duggan, the Texas Tornado, and Tito Santana versus Mustafa, Colonel Mustafa, the Berserkers, Skinner, and Hercules. Dear God. Wow, so the Bolsheviks weren't even involved. No, that weren't even involved in that one. Yeah, let me see where they uh, that that lovely match ranked. Oh, that was our um, that was our fourth worst by the KC metrics. So. I'm going to give you another clean sweep. Tell me where the KC metrics put this okay. one. It was the Visionaries versus uh, the Jake Roberts. Uh, I forget what he called this. Probably the Vipers is probably what he called this. Yeah, let's see. See where that one The happens. Vipers, yep. Uh, that one was actually, let's see here. I think it ranked pretty well. Let's, let me do the sort here real quick. And you, you claim that the Visionaries were called the Visionaries because he... He blinded Jake Roberts with arrogance. Well, I know that. That was the reason? That seems a little deep. What do you mean deep? It makes sense. That seems deeper by WWE standards. How standard. is that deep? He blinded the man. The visionaries? Yeah, it was like he was like trolling. The blinders? They wouldn't call him like the blinders or something like that or the – He was trolling Jake Roberts by calling himself the, the visionaries. visionaries. That's, a, that's a deep word. I guarantee you that's why they called them the visionaries. Right. How is that deep? That's not deep at all. That's pretty deep. Uh, that was actually our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. Ninth best. Hmm. I don't, I don't recall that being good. I don't either, but... <laughs> Are there any other clean sweeps you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, the top of my head. 
Clean Sleep Survivor Series. Probably oh, I got one. I got one. What about uh, uh, DX, CM Punk? Oh, right. Yeah, and, the Jeff Hardy. That one was not good. And no, Jeff Hardy, because uh, I remember Mike Knox was on the other team, and they, they, <laughs> they totally buried him because DX was like, who is this guy? And then Sean gave him the I have kick. one for you. Go ahead. The four doinks versus Team Bigelow. Uh, Remember that? Another awful sweep. I'm telling you, this women's match was was the best yeah, clean sweep. Uh, we have oh god, the royal family, uh, the uh, the Jerry Lawler, and the uh, the clowns. Yeah, another awful terrible. one. Clean. Sweep. And then uh, Undertaker 1995 Survivor Series. I have no idea what this Give thing is. I don't, I don't I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a, a playlist right here that's got it. The clean sweeps. Let's see the Undertaker 1995. I do not remember. I just watched this damn one like two days ago. Uh, oh, the dark. Oh, <laughs> never mind. I remember this now. So this team, they're to- they're called the Dark Side. This team, Joe. Okay. Uh, if you could give me 1995, who else would be on this team Dark Side? Obviously, you have the Undertaker's the team captain. Who else would you consider the Dark Side? Well, who's the in opponents? Uh, the opponents are the Royals, which is King Mabel, Jerry Lawler, Isaac Yankum, DDS, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> oh my God. With Sir Mo, by the way, in case you're curious, Sir Mo was in the house. So, so this is a babyface Undertaker team. Yes. Called the Dark. And they're they're called the Dark Side, and the way they were dark is they all wore Undertaker T-shirts. So. Okay, I, I have no clue who who are they. All right. Well, obviously Savio Vega. Oh, obviously. Obviously Henry O. Godwin. Ugh. Can you get the fourth? Joe? Is it Phineas or was he not around yet? It's uh, Phineas was not around yet. No. I don't. I don't know who is it. This guy made a difference in this team. Oh, it was Fatu. Yeah, Fatu it was, was there, it, yes. It was make a difference era Fatu? <laughs> it, was, it was walking the streets wearing a leather jacket, Fatu. Uh, wearing, make no, a no, 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 We're, wearing a wannabe eight-ball jacket, but it wasn't But it wasn't really an eight-ball jacket. <laughs> but just um, walking down the streets. It's, just making a difference. Just walking down the streets, making, making a, a difference. difference. That's right. Being stalked by the Samoan gangster party right. who never actually just, ended up. Just walking down the streets, you know. I have zero recollection of that. I just watched that two weeks ago. <laughs> like, like, but it sounds awful. Last I'll week I watched you, it. It's not good. If you say it's good. bad, no. I'll trust you. No, so there you go. Okay, so you are probably correct that this might have been. So either that or the Visionaries versus the Vipers. The Visionaries Vipers one. I remember being pretty good. Because you had Martel in there and all that. Yeah, that, that one I remember being pretty okay. But yeah, there you go. Oh, boy. All right. Let's move on from that one. We have Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose. Thoughts? Perfectly acceptable Nice, you know, brawl style match. And then mm-hmm. uh, Bray Wyatt went Bray Wyatt and grabbed the yep. mic and things just went Wyatt crazy. Bray Wyatt, yeah. And 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 he offered Ambrose the chair and and what Cena should have done when Wyatt offered him the chair, Ambrose fucking beat the shit out of him with the chair. Right. And then proceeded to beat the shit out of him further. And, yep. uh, you know, it was a shitty way to end the match, which was shaping up to be a pretty decent match. But... I thought Ambrose came out of this looking like a million bucks. But yeah, and it, it led you to – I, I thought it was – because people were complaining about, oh, you know, this is just a commercial for TLC or they're just building a TLC. Well, that's fine. I mean, that's okay. I don't I, – and I really don't mind that. I don't want my main events to do that, but I don't care if these little sub-matches do it. I mean, that's – now you know that Dean Ambrose is a crazy weirdo or whatever, and the big moment is let's go watch TLC and watch him, you know, put Bray Wyatt through a table or whatever. I mean, I'm fine with that. It was okay. Yeah, I, I mean, thought the ending was a little like I, it went a little long that ending and everything in the show there was like little stuff that just went like obnoxiously long because you know they they just they didn't you know they only had five matches you know scheduled for this so things were going to go a little long and get a little stretched in that closing section of this you know was a little long but I thought it was fine it built up to TLC and people now know that hey the next pay-per-view is TLC and these dudes are fighting 
whatever. I mean, it's people complain at the end of the, you know, people complain when they come up with matches a week before, and then people complain when they they get them ready at the pay per view prior. It's like, you know, they can't win. So I, I thought I'll, he gave him a nice, uh, hellacious beating. I enjoyed the beating. Right. So at least I got something out of it. You didn't get any kind of finish in the match, but you got a nice beating out of it. Right, and, and Dean Ambrose, as you mentioned, people are saying, oh, we lost again. That's eh, not really a loss. I mean, the guy... Oh, could, come on. He was at the top of the ladder while the other guy was showered in chairs and tables. Like, it's not a loss. Like, came out of that looking like a million bucks. Right, can't I really, agree. Yeah, come on, give me a break. Not with that. All right, we had Adam Rose I don't and know, I don't bunny. understand why he pulled out, out that enormous ladder and then just... Oh, uh, just to climb onto it to be... Hi. Why'd he fucking well, die? Just to, just to make sure that you knew that TLC was next. Oh, is that what that was? I didn't even pick up on that. Because there was a table and there was a chair... And then that you know was what? you're right. I'm a complete idiot. Yep. All right. And conveniently enough, TLC is coming up in three weeks. So yeah. there we go. All right. So then we had Adam Rose and the bunny defeated the Slater Gator. Okay. You probably we're not happy during this. I've given up on Slater Gator. I'm the oh, okay. Gator, uh, Slater Gator uh, supporter, but uh, I'm, I'm a bandwagon fan, Rich, when it comes to okay. my, uh, gimmicky, when <laughs> my gimmicky tag teams. Um, look, here's the thing with Adam Rose. This, they're doing the right thing. And, it, it, it's the, the the whole Russell Brand knockoff thing. It, it, oh, it had legs. It, it's cutesy and it's 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 never getting above the prelim level. So, if they pl- have any kind of designs on doing anything with this guy, he's got to go heel. And you know, at first, from the beginning, I thought eventually the bunny would turn heel and then mm-hmm. reveal himself as somebody else or whatever. But I think this is better, and I think this is smarter, because mm-hmm. I, I think that was the original plan. You could tell that was sort of the original plan going, but yeah, I agree. This is the but, about way better route. I, 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 and so far, I've really enjoyed when Rose has sort of healed a little bit, you know, have, has done subtle things to heal uh, with the bunny here. Uh, a couple weeks ago on Raw, when he, uh, I guess I gave the, I forget exactly what the angle was. I guess he gave the bunny the low blow or whatever, and then he gave him that, that heel look. That mm-hmm. was good stuff. I think I think an Adam Rose with a Leo Kruger edge and a statistic sure. side can be a pretty interesting character. And I also think it opens him up to have better matches. I've seen this guy have decent matches. He's a pretty decent worker. The gimmick is very restricting. And I think if you if you if you keep the elements of the gimmick but you make him like a megalomaniac, which is kind yeah. of where they're going with it, because he was telling the bunny in that backstage segment you know, all these people are here for me. These people are my followers. Right. They he can have this. I mean, he can have the music. He can still dance or whatever. But then, yeah, he's just a self. And that's those. Are, those are the I, we mention all the time. Those are the heels I love. The ones that don't get why everybody hates them. You know what I mean? Where he's just kind of he can do exactly what he's doing now. Yeah, he just can be an asshole about but it. He just I mean, be a prick the, about it, and then yeah. instead of and and, and and he's kind of an asshole now. I mean, for the beginning, I always kind of thought he was a total dickhead. Yeah, I mean, like, but why would fans cheer for this fucking raging like? I have so much time. I just, all I do is party, and we're supposed to go. Yeah, cool. Like, I just got home from work, and it sucked. But at least you're having fun. Like, yeah, I, I kind of think if they give this character kind of a dick, more of a dickish heel edge, and it can work. I really do, and I think he's he, he as a worker, he's better suited to it too. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. And uh, I tell you what, at least it's got. I, I'm I, I'm interested in Adam Rose, which I haven't been since he debuted on NXT. And then it quickly wore off, you know, that they did. Oh, yeah. You, the entrance happens twice and you're kind of like, okay, you're tired well. <laughs> of it. Yeah. I mean, but, but now I'm interested to see where this goes. So, uh, thoughts on r- real quickly, the bunny, if, 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 if it's to be revealed and obviously if you've read reports, I mean, the guy under the, and you can kind of <laughs> tell by the dancing and, and a lot of the moves is that, that Sami Zayn is under the bunny right now right. and wrestling as the bunny. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on if they reveal him to be the bunny? That's is that is that death? Is that just instant? I, w- death? I don't think it'd be instant death, but it wouldn't be how I would 
<laughs> it wouldn't be how mm-hmm. I would introduce Sami Zayn. No. Right. Um, I, would you just put somebody else on it? I mean, if you have to have somebody be the bunny, you would just any you know whoever would just would just be under that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're ever. I don't even know how you do it. I mean, it's almost like the gobbledygooker deal, where like whoever comes out of the egg still came out of the egg. You know what I like? I don't know if they're ever gonna reveal mm-hmm. who the bunny is. I almost wouldn't. I because you're just you're always that then. You know what I mean? You always were debuted as the bunny. Maybe, maybe I think. It, I mean, I guess there's a way to make it a hard edge, but it it, it the problem though is it, it he's really had so much zaniness. It really depends. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Santino can come back. So. Even though it would make no sense because the bunny's skinny and tall, and yeah, he's not. I think that'd be All the right. best if you're gonna reveal the bunny as. It would have to be somebody kooky. Yes, like, who you can who 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 then Rose can squash in a quick feud. And then it's over. And it yeah. doesn't damage the person who you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So somebody of Santino's ilk would be perfect yeah. for it. Yeah, who, who's a good comedy? Is there an NXT comedy guy? Babyface, like, underdog comedy guy. Um, <laughs> can't really think of anyone, but th- that would be the kind of person that it would need, mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. All right. Uh, then we had the Divas Championship match. This was a uh, fantastic 35-second. Possibly, w- w- did this beat the match we're going to reveal later as the, the, the best squash match ever? <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, it did not. Okay, it was Nikki Bella defeated AJ Lee in 35 seconds. So so is AJ Lee done, or is she not done? What What's <sighs> It's kind of close to being done, right? I, I don't know. It's the right I mean, way to a, do it. If she lot, is. There's a lot, not a lot of ways to go back from that. Oh, I read. <laughs> you'll enjoy this. I read articles, and you could probably guess one of the websites that did it. That oh, this is not the right way for AJ Lee to go. I mean, she devoted so much time and effort into like, yes, what this the is the first time wrestling as well. Yeah, I. I this is you're yeah. leaving the territory. Yeah. Like that's it doesn't matter. Whole point. That's how you leave. Oh, she she works so hard to, to get where she's at. She deserves so much longer and so much more. And like it's a work. they wanted like the, the, the I know they wanted the 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 send like Lita and Trish got the that send up. I mean, but honestly, I watched the Lita. You know, people mentioned that Lita got this like great send off or whatever. Trish got a great send off. I watched the Lita thing. People came out and berated her for like twenty minutes, and then she left. Like that's not they ne- nobody ever that never ever happens for anybody besides like Ric Flair and like you know what I mean? Like, berated for twenty. I swear to God, go. I watched the segment not that long ago. It was, uh, it was on a, a Survivor Series two thousand and shoot, I'm blinking on the one or whatever. But she lost or whatever, and they said this was her final match ever. She lost to Mickey James or whatever, and then people just came out and called her fat and called her a whore, and then she left. You know, you can <laughs> you can bring back AJ Lee later and do that. Right. You know, at a later date. I mean, who knows if she even wants to do that? I mean, if she really is finished. She's not a legendary figure, for God's sakes. Like, like they wanted everybody to come out and clap at the top of the ramp. and. Like, oh, AJ Lee doesn't deserve that. Like, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. Well, I don't know if they literally meant that they wanted that to happen, but they wanted, uh, but it, I know what you they wanted a better send-off. Like, what do you want? Like, I don't, I don't put her in that way. Well. This is it. Yeah. There you go. 35, you, you know, get the person over that's staying. Like, that's that's wrestling. That's how it's always been. Just stop. Like uh, To be completely honest, since she's returned from the wedding and all that, she's really just been a CM Punk knockoff act. Right, she's been no good. She's been a female C- – like, she's picked up his mannerisms. Mm-hmm. She's picked up his speech cadence. She's picked up his uh, – his, uh, his, his, the way he does promos. She's right. picked up – She's his, been terrible at whatever character she's supposed to be because nobody knows on a weekly basis she's supposed to be a heel or a face because you can't really tell because, like you said, she's doing the, the CM Punk, like, smirk. Or, like, it's she's like doing the CM, the CM Punk apathetic act. Like, right, um, like when he's a face and you know it's the worst thing ever and you can't wait till he's a heel. Like, wink, just... wink, I think I'm above everything that's happening right now. Mm-hmm, that, right. That's that's what she's been. I mean, she's she's a good performer, but she's not some – you're right, though. She's not some legendary figure who needs some kind of enormous send-off. I mean, how long has she been around? Five years, if that? Yeah. 
four or five at most. And how long has she been pushed? Like for three or four, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, when was that women's uh, NXT season? That was 2000. Oh, that was 11. That was 11. I think that was 11. Yeah. And then she did the Raw GM stuff in like 2012, I believe it was. So, yeah, I I don't know. But this is uh, this when someone's finishing up. This is how they leave. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. Give me a fucking it was cage. It was cage side seeds in case you were. Well, curious. you know. All right, and then we had the main event, which we talked about a little bit, the Team Cena, Team Authority. We kind of talked about that, 45 minutes. You know, really, really good stuff. Um, I don't think we have to say any more and more about that. We kind of let off with that. But uh, overall, uh, thoughts on Survivor Series. I, I'm kind of with you that, you know, people, because it ended on such a high note, people are calling this a really good show. But I I, I was really kind of Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before we do that, did, yes. did, they, write, uh, did they write an article about the Great Khali not getting a big send-off? Um, I don't think so. How long was the Great Khali around? About no longer. Shit, he started what 2004. Was Greg Holly right? a world champion? Was Greg Holly as the top heel in the company at one point or close to it? Well, let's see. Let's, let's he got he, he didn't even get a blow off, he got nothing. You know what Greg Holly got? You know what he got? He got put into the fucking uh, um, what do you call that page? The uh, they just quietly oh, the alumni section, yeah, just thrown to the alumni, they yeah, quietly moved him to the alumni section. Where was his big? Why aren't you why aren't they pining for his big send off? Because he has a penis? Like, give me a fucking break. I, I'm mad that you brought that up. I really am. It makes, <laughs> it makes me listen. sick. These people make me sick, Rich. They make me sick. What AJ Lee's, it was, it, what makes her any bigger star than the great Kali was? Where's the article pining for his big send-off? Give me a fucking break. Come on. Makes me sick to my stomach. Be fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and then I'm going to stop. And then you can't talk about it anymore because then you're gonna you're gonna go ranting. But uh, yeah, the 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 uh, the name of the article was "The Ghost of CM Punk Haunts AJ Lee Yet Again." Oh come on, give me a break. <laughs> Get lost. She came back from that wedding and they pushed her to the fucking moon, implying uh, they uh, mistreat her because she's associated with punk. Yeah, not uh, a bunch uh, of nonsense. Day, we're, we're, here we are, one day removed from Survivor Series, and AJ is no longer the Divas Champion. Does this mean she's leaving the company? Uh, not necessarily, but knowing how WWE likes to treat those who are on their way out, it wouldn't be surprising. It's not that she lost the title, but how she lost it. In an obvious throwback to Daniel Bryan's 18-second loss to Sheamus at WrestleMania 28, AJ also found defeat via the kiss of death, a cheap, embarrassing way to drop the title. I saw it as nothing but someone yeah. potentially leaving the territory. That's all I saw. Uh, we're coming up on almost 10 months after Punk left, and his ghost still lingers around AJ and her treatment at work. What are you this talking not- about? She got pushed to the moon! She was the <laughs> hardest push woman on the roster! You know she what they the champion done? the whole time! If they wanted to haunt her, they could have said, hey, you're out of here. We're going to stop paying you. Bye. Figure out how to make an income without us. Bye. That's haunting people. Not. Uh, I can't believe they're complaining about her treatment since she came AJ back. Has, AJ has propped up the women's division for about two years, and this is how WWE thanks her? That's awful. Why not let Nikki show off her in-ring improvements and have a 15-minute match with AJ? They were obviously not short on time with this pay-per-view, yet WWE shortchanged us with this feud. This feud. They just they gave they gave 10 other women 15 minutes an hour earlier in the show. I mean, so that blows up that argument. That I really hope that there's going to be more to this storyline, but if not, shame on you, WWE, for treating AJ like just another spoke on the wheel. She deserved a better send-off. Okay, you know what? But where's Kali, where's Kali's article? Yeah, it was just released, yeah. Where's the great Kali's article? Disgusting. 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 Well, there you go. Who wrote so, it? Uh, he's got like a sh- weird name. Uh, let's see. It is Doors Hate MMA Fighters. 
It's at Cage Side Doors is his uh, Wait, Twitter so account. So it's it's not even a guy who has his guts to put no. his fucking name on the on the thing. Right. Well, then who cares? He's, right. he's hiding. Care. He's hiding behind a gimmick. <laughs> so uh, who cares who wrote it? Well, there you go. So I just thought I'd. Fuck uh, it, your car, it's your Chikara gimmick writer wrote it. He's hiding behind a Chikara gimmick. He can't even put his name on that it. Is All right, put your well, fucking name Chris. on it. <laughs> we do. Except for Fujiwara Armbar, but you could probably figure out who that is if you really wanted to. Everyone knows his name. Right. <laughs> he just prefers to not be as searchable for, like, real jobs who are, like... So you write wrestling, huh? Like... I just I just don't... I, I, just, just, I just don't so, understand. Like, like AJ right. Lee is some kind of icon. Get the fuck well, out of yeah. here. She's propped up the women's division for two years. This idea that they treated her bad... How was she treated badly? She she beat she came out on the better end of a feud with Paige, who's the fucking future. <laughs> with the future of the division, they was given the title and pushed enormously. They the put her time. over Paige. They pushed her hard. They she won the title her first match back. Did she? What's yes. it? Or am yes. I forgetting? She came this? out, skipped around, won the title, and skipped back. Yep. Uh, it, Damn that ghost! Damn that ghost of CM Punk! You. I, I'm disgusted. You plugged it. I, I don't even want I people to go click yeah. it. That's disgusting. That's that person's fucking lost. You know what's not lost? It's a terrible segue. New Japan Pro Wrestling in America, Joe. Access TV. We announced uh, this was what match was this? That oh, this is during the Divas match, right? So nobody could focus. Nobody could focus on the Divas match during this point. The Divas uh, elimination match because uh, word came out it was sort of a uh, promo apparently that aired on Friday from Access TV, which is the former HD Net. So I don't. Do you get it? We always do this little. Let, let's. You have to get it. If you used to get HDNet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Access TV? Absolutely. You get Access TV? Yeah, okay. I, I don't know. I'm sure I get it. I just have to find it. But, uh, yeah, so it came out, and they were doing their kind of promos of what's, you know, what's new in 2015, their new shows, this sort of stuff, showing some MMA or whatever. And then all of a sudden, there was coming soon New Japan Pro Wrestling. And you got some clips of Okada and uh, Makabe and a little clips of Okada and Tanahashi. And that was it. We all she knew was coming soon. Keith and Liger. Oh, is that? <laughs> they, I don't know where they dug out that piece of footage. That's from like ten years ago. But yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. It was awesome, though. I hope they uh, show the match where he uh, that they pulled that footage from. But yeah, it, it's going to be um, uh, thirteen weeks. Yeah, Mauro Ronaldo and Josh Barnett, which is going to be a very good uh, broadcast team, I would suspect. Um, two guys, obviously, who understand the product and are, are, are and respect pro wrestling and are going to do the homework that's necessary. I mean, Josh Barnett was on the New Japan roster at one point in time. So, um, and, and Josh Barnett is an MMA fighter who proudly calls himself, calls his style uh, pro wrestling. So, uh, and, and Morrow, of course, has a a long history with, uh, some of the versions of stampede wrestling where he was the play by play man and is an experienced broadcaster. Uh, and, and and to me always does a good job. A lot of people don't like him. I, I, I enjoy his style. So Mm -hmm. now it's going to be tapes. It's going to be, uh, we've got some confirmed stuff, 2013 G1, um, Okada versus Tanahashi from the dome. One of the, I don't remember which one in particular, but one of the dome match is going to be the focus on one of the shows. I think it's the 2013 one they said. The most recent one, the one that happened last year. Yeah. I think it's the one yeah. they said. But. So it's not going to be – it's not going to – some people were, were hypothesizing. Stuff, yeah. yeah, they thought it would maybe be the, the WPW show that airs in Japan just with, a, with American voiceovers, but that's not going to be the case. Um, so – but look, it, for, for someone who's seen all that stuff – you're probably not. You probably watch it the first couple times for the novelty of it, but it's all matches that you've seen. 
you know, so it's right. not going to be something that that maybe that I would necessarily you know watch every week, or maybe some of the people listening to this would. Um, but it would it, it look it's it's an inroad though to the United States. That's the key. Exactly. That's all that matters. It's, yeah, it's not the for foot us. In the door. It's not for us. It's getting the foot in the door, and um, you know, and it's a good it's good for people who have been hearing about New Japan but have been hesitant because eh, I don't people who don't do pay eye pay per view or people who aren't comfortable with the language barrier. Or don't want to watch four-hour shows. Like, sometimes I'll send people and say, this is a really good show. And they're like, ah, it's three and a half hours. Like, do I really want to? Like, I send people G1s, and they were just kind of like, ah, I don't know if I really want to, like. Yeah. Now but this is nice. It's a nice little compact, you know, show yeah. that you can watch. So. You could DVR this. It's probably going to be an hour long, and you get one or two big, ma- you know, big-time classic matches of recent vintage. Yeah, well, actually, it's got a pretty decent time slot. I don't know if you read, uh, uh, they just posted, uh, they actually, uh, right as we were kind of recording this, I actually got it up, uh, that Access TV put a press release out. Uh, that said, uh, I'll just read kind of the first paragraph here because that's all you really need to know. Uh, building on the success of Access TV Fights, Friday Night Franchise, Access TV has acquired a 13-episode series from Japan's largest professional wrestling promotion, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, premiering January 16, 2015, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling will air on Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, leading into the network's weekly live MMA, Muay Thai, and kickboxing broadcast. So that's not a bad time slot either. No. No, I mean it's Friday night. It's not great, but I mean if it's leading into fights, that's that's a good idea. I mean, it's not just it's not f- sitting on its own. It's not at two a.m. It's not it's 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 leading into one of their big programs. So just, uh, the, the goal is obviously to get MMA fans and 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 both works both ways. But no, it's pretty interesting. That's it's not bad at all. Sure. That's pretty decent. And for people who don't know, I mean, this is the former home of ROH before they moved to right. Sinclair because this was HDNet. Uh, and it was rebranded as as Access TV. So, and it, I mean, not a lot of people have the channel. It's available to most people, but it's on it's on higher tiers, you know. And this was I know this was a Mark Cuban property. I don't know if it still is though. Yeah, I don't know if it's still. I was trying to look that up earlier because let me let me find out here real quick because that that'd be interesting because he's always been a guy who's who's you know it's who's funny. went to wrestling in, in a way. Well, yeah, so. and you know it's funny because we talked about the history of this podcast and the history of Voices of Wrestling. If you remember, you know, back on Virtual Sports Network or wherever where we started. Um, somebody there once emailed Mark Cuban and asked him if he had interest in putting Japanese wrestling on HDNet back when they were airing um, um, Japanese MMA. Yeah. And he actually replied to the email himself. And he said it was something that they had looked into, but they could never work out logistically. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I forget the poster's name, but he posted the email screenshots and everything. So um, th- this is something that HDNet had at least dipped their toes and inquired about. Um, going back as far as you know, four or five years ago, so it's been on. So the it looks radar. like he, he's still an investor in it, but I don't know if he's one of the main ones. Ryan Seacrest is actually a pretty big deal in it. It's it's, it's owned by a, a technically Access TV is owned by HDNet Inc. Ryan Seacrest and Ryan Seacrest Media, and then uh, CBS Corporation, Creative Arts Agency, and all that sort of stuff. But he's still a big investor, Mark Cuban, in HDNet Inc. But it looks like he's so he's still a part of it. I don't know if he's like you know he's not an everyday program manager or whatever, but. He has a part in it. I mean, if he wants to say, hey, that'd be cool if we had this or whatever, or, you know, if they ask him, hey, we need a little bit of money for this show, that's, you know. But that's pretty cool. That's uh, It's going to be fun. So, yeah, and, there's uh, that's... A lot of, and, and there's programming on there that has a, some crossover appeal because, you know, they, mm-hmm. they show all that C-level MMA and, and, and kickboxing and things like that. So, um, and actually a little bit of college basketball, too. Um, a little bit early. Oh, they did. Oh, right, right, right. Early season yeah, tournaments, right. the yeah. tournament from the Bahamas. There's lots of sports programming. It's a lot of concerts, things like that. Um, you know, I have the channel. It's on one of the the, the higher tiers. It, 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 it like I said, it's a it's avail if it's available on um, Directv for sure. It's available on Dish Network for sure. 
I don't know about some of the bigger cable companies or whatnot, though. But um, it, it, it it's it's always on the higher tiers, though. So which is why not a ton of people have it. There's a lot of people saying, oh, you know, this show is going to have more clearance than Destination America. I don't think that's going to be true, because I think Destination America will be on um on lower tiers than than uh than than Access TV uh mm-hmm. ultimately be, which means that more people will have access to Destination America. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let's see. Um. Yeah, it says, uh, yeah, the, the, for the, the, the nearest I could find is spring 2012, and it said it's got 14 million uh, subscribers. Oh, that's Dish Network subscribers. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have the exact numbers there, but interesting nonetheless. But yeah, I think, I feel like Destination America is way lower on the tier. See, I, for I, me think, at least, I yeah. think Destination America will have more real subscribers than access yeah I, I, well that's what, that's what i meant it's i it's not really hidden very much it's it, it, it's there i mean i've never heard of the station before but it, when when looking for it it's not bad i mean the discovery networks are, are, are a powerhouse that's I mean, what they, i mean they, you know they're a big deal so yeah they're they're near i mean that, that's one of those deals where hey you want discovery you know channel and, and and tlc well you have to carry you know our little our little sub brand you know networks as well so no it, it's it's pretty high on my tier i was like channel like 198 or something on, on, on direct tv in order to get eight to get access tv it comes with that it comes as part of like that uppity package the smith mm-hmm. smithsonian hd oh right yeah like h2 like the history channel 2 and um like... no no like the 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 the, the uh like the, the uppity HD channels, like the Smithsonian HD, Universal HD, like those weird HD only channels that, oh, I see. Okay. yeah, that like nobody gets and nothing like the stuff that airs on them are like, these are some of the very few channels that broadcast in true 1080 because right. most, most people don't realize this. You go to buy a TV at Best Buy and you run to these 1080 TVs. Well, that's great, but nobody broadcasts in 1080. You're wasting right. your money. You know, ESPN, you know, HBO does sometimes, I think, for certain things, but like ESPN and the networks, they all broadcast at 720. So it's like these uppity HD channels that that technically that do broadcast in 1080. Like that's the tier that that uh, Access TV is on because HDNet, when it first started in 2008 or 2009, whatever it was, you know, their whole calling card was they were the first true uh, 24 hour a day, 1080 full HD network. So that it was, was gorgeous too. Yeah, and it that's kind you of their tell. gimmick. So um so at least on 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 direct TV. That's why I say, you know, you have to be careful because like when, when TNA kind of fudged the numbers, Destination America is available to X amount in a number of homes, but how mm-hmm. many of those homes really have it? You know what I mean? It's the same thing here. You have to kind of read between the lines. I'm sure HD I'm sure Access TV is available to X amount of homes, but how many of those homes really have purchased the package necessary? So you know, Dave Meltzer is usually good at sorting that out. So I'm looking forward to see what he has to say uh, in the next newsletter in terms of how many people really have the network as opposed to have access to it, which is sure. a big difference. Absolutely. Well, definitely a pretty cool thing. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for it. And, and and obviously, you know, on this site, there's not a whole lot we can do with it. I don't think we really need to, like, go and review the weekly show because it, it's, it's – we know what it is. I mean, we, we might have somebody do it. Maybe we'll have – you know, but for the most part, it's not you and I or, or most of the people that listen to this. It's not really for us. It's for, as you said, like – MMA fans that might just kind of trickle in, or, or people that have uh, you said, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna recommend it to a oh, bunch of my friends. Oh, it's gonna be a that, great introductory to people. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, everyone of my friends is gonna hear about it. You know, just like they've heard about the Global Force. I, I always send them to that, but that's again, like I, I feel, you know, hey, watch this four-hour, you know, pay-per-view or whatever. This is a lot easier. I can say, hey, look, you know, hour, 
you know, if you like it, you don't like it. Hey, this is a good episode. Hey, they're showing the, the Minoru Suzuki AJ Styles. This is my favorite match of the year. You know, check it out now. I mean, just stuff like that. So it's it's not for you and I. It's not for a lot of the people that you know people in the do our G1 pick them or read every one of our reviews. But it's not for us. It's for the casuals. But and it's good for that. I think it's gonna be a great great method. I'll definitely check it out for the novelty of it to see how, oh, yeah, yeah, to see how Ronaldo and Barnett do. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's not something that I'm going to, it's not going to be appointment viewing or anything like that. No, no. Unless they start, you know, like people say, unless they start converting over the actual weekly show. But even then, those are going to be matches that people like us who are watching, you know, refreshing daily motion. Right. Reading, We've seen it. You're going to have seen those matches already too. So, but, but again, it, it's a, it's, it's a foot in the door in the United States. It, it, it can't be viewed as a negative. It might not do anything. It might not uh, um, help them in any way, shape or form, but it can't hurt to have some penetration here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that, that they're looking for that foot in the door any way they can get it. And and we and and Kadani said, I mean, this is going to be an aggressive year. They're 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 looking and and look, I mean, we're in January alone. They're they're going to make more Americans. I mean, it's just like unbelievable. And they're going to have major pay per view and and a TV show. That's that's pretty incredible. This is great. I mean, AAA finally, after you know twenty years, has gotten their foot in the United States with this Lucha Underground thing, and uh, TNA didn't fold, and New Japan is trying to uh, to break through in the United States, and it's it's I I, I like this man. I like. It's a great year for wrestling. Yeah, 2015 is shaping up to just be unbelievable. We thought it would be 14, remember? We thought 14 because we didn't know what was going to have, what Global Force was going to be all about and and everything else. But, um, you know, I want wrestling to be healthy. I want wrestlers to have options. I want fans to have options. So, you know, this is, you know, it's, it, it, this is, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that could potentially, you know, work out. Not everybody will survive, you know, and, and who knows if TNA, what they're going to look like on Destination mm-hmm. America, but at least they still exist. I think that's a good thing. Certainly. Well, let's uh, let's stick with New Japan here. Talk about the World Tag League or the G1 Tag League, as it used to be called, but now World Tag League is the current name. Uh, 2014 edition. Uh, we've watched a few of the shows that uh, you've watched. Oh, I've watched one that showed up on Daily Motion. Have you watched? I know the another one uploaded fairly recently, but I don't know if you've had a chance to check. There that was one. one there was one from this morning that I didn't see yet. There, but I saw the other. I haven't I saw seen that. The other I saw two. the one on the 22nd. There's been two. Is the one I've watched. Yeah. There's so, 22nd and there's 23rd. But what I'm saying is, there was one on the 24th. Oh, okay. That one I haven't seen, but I saw the 22nd and the 23rd. Okay. All right. Well, uh, real quick, though, uh, we don't have to break down those kind of individual no, shows. No. Anything from those that you, you, you really stood out to you? I was just going to go over the current standings. I'll give you one match from each that I thought was out. Yeah. Okay. The match from the 22nd, which was Cork and Hall, which kicked yeah. off the tour. And, of course, the big angle at the end was Okada attacking Tanahashi after the match and giving him a uh, tombstone pile driver, just to remind you that he's a heel. Um, was but the best match on that show, or the match that had the, made the most impression on me was Yuji Nagata and Takashi oh, so beating Goto and Shibata, and I know you love that match too. Oh, I just absolutely. I mean, if if <laughs> if you've seen, I mean, on paper you think a, a Nakanishi and, and and Nagata and those guys, they still, I mean, they work their ass off still, but they're so limited and, and Nakanishi especially. Just, I mean, he he does like suicide dives still and stuff, but you can tell the guys just can't move or whatever. But this one, I don't know what the hell got into him here, and I don't know what the hell got into Nagata, and then just everybody. It was at the end of that match, I went, why? That's a pay per view match. Like that, that did not need to be on. The, just like. And I get that it's a Corican show, and it's it, it's kind of a big deal. But man, that was that was just awesome. It was really just nice back and forth. And you had this entire match is like shit. I think Nagata and Nakanishi are going to win this, and then I'll be damned they win it. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it was just really good. And I thought Nagata in particular was great. 
Yeah, Naga- in Nakanishi. I mean, I where did it was unbelievable. Know? Nakanishi was ridiculous. I mean, I I don't know. Like I, he just got a shot, like a cortisone shot before the match. Something I don't know, but he was just. I mean, he bumping all over the place, diving just quicker than I've seen him at, at, at all. I mean, I, it, as far as I've been watching New Japan, you know, regularly, which is about you know late 2011. This is the best I've seen him. Absolutely. And then no they, they won the next night, too. They beat Makabe and Hanma. So they were 2-0 and going into the show this morning, which I haven't seen yet. But they won both matches the same way. Nakanishi does the twisting chop, and then, mm-hmm. Na- and then Nagata uses the backdrop hold. So they've won two straight matches in the same fashion. And if you remember, they kind of gave them a little mini push, you know, a month, month and a half ago when they got, mm-hmm. they got the NWA tag title shot against uh, Tenkoji. Um, on uh, where was that? I guess that was uh, I forget what show that was, but it was on a Dominion. No, that wasn't Dominion. No, no, it wasn't on a. Was pa- it? it wasn't even on a pay per view. It was on. Oh right. Oh no, I know. Okay, right. right. Yeah. So they, they they earned the title, and then they 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 lost the title shot to those guys. It might even have been in uh, the Singapore or Taiwan shows. When I can't remember right now, but uh, maybe the producer can dig it up while I'm talking. But um, but yeah. So you know they won their first two matches here, and that was really an very and, and and it was a big upset beating Goto and Shibata. I don't think anybody expected that, and 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 Shibata's the guy who took the fall which was interesting too so uh so that and then the angle in the main event were the two things to take away from that first show i thought oh and also the yoshitatsu injury um which is weird because there's oh yeah yeah what are what are your insights on that because there's been a little bit of uh confusion as to what if he got injured in the match is this a carryover but what what sort of went on here as far as you know okay it's now official because um the show this morning, I'm looking at the results. There was there was some thought that they were going to replace Yoshitatsu with Taguchi, okay? And there was a report that came out that that's what they were going to mm-hmm. do. I thought that was a little fishy because Taguchi was booked on the tour in other ma- – that would require rebooking all of the cards because then what do you – you got to then replace Taguchi right. in those matches. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. These things are a giant puzzle. It so, was Destruction in Okayama, by the way, was the match. Oh, the NWA tag – yeah, oh, yeah. So it was destruction. Uh, destruction in Okayama. I said I said Dominion, so I was wrong. I I, mixed, oh, I, I, I always mixed I, knew, I knew what you meant though. I knew what you meant. Yeah, right. The, the one in September. So it was a, it was a pay per view. It was a big show. Yeah, it was a pay per view. Yep. Okay, I was confused for some reason, but anyway. Um. So so anyway, yeah. So they, they didn't go that route. He he's out, and they are forfeiting, and they forfeited their match this morning to Naito and uh, Sombra. So, um. So that's it. Now, the, what's weird about it is, people are saying it was the injury from the AJ Styles bump. But that can't be true because why would he even wrestle another match? You don't fuck around with a neck injury. No, no. So I don't, I don't know. And if he, if it was from the AJ stop, from the bad bump from the Styles Clash, then maybe he just re-aggravated it in this opening match against uh, Okada and Yoshihashi. But the thing is, I watched that match two or three times trying to catch where he would have injured his neck, and I couldn't pinpoint it. I don't know if you saw anything, but I didn't see anything. I did not. No, I, I went through because I knew obviously that that already happened, and I watched because I, I watched it this morning, and I, I went tried to watch every single thing to see if there's a moment where he kind of turns weird or whatever. I, as far as I can tell, it just basically seemed like he maybe halfway through the match was just like, ah, he probably took a bump or two and was just like, nope, that feels garbage. Like, I, I don't know. I couldn't really pinpoint exactly something in the moment. So it must have just been something where it was hurting him and he was, you know, just hoping he could work through it and he, he just couldn't. Because he didn't look good either. He looked very stiff. So He did look – I, I will say that. He, he wasn't moving around real good. So I think it was something where he, he probably went in and said, hey, let me see how it goes, took a back bump and went, ah, shit, yeah, no. That doesn't feel – but you, you can't go out there and do – I mean, you have to figure that out before you get out there. Uh, the other thing I loved about that match was the fact that Okada uh, finished Yoshitatsu off with the red ink and not the Rainmaker. And to me, that's so important because you're never going to get these secondary finishers over unless they actually win matches with them. And, mm-hmm. and if you remember, that was one of my key complaints 
when uh, when Naito in the 2013 G1, he would use the uh, oh, what is he? The Puma Blanca, he calls it, right? His submission yeah, hold, yeah. and nobody would ever buy it because he had never won a match with it. Mm-hmm. And he would put this whole. They would get crickets, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was smart match structure. He would build the match to that point, designed to get a, you know, to to build drama to this submission hold that no one would react to. So it's very important that these guys don't always win their matches with their primary finish. And New Japan certainly is a company that falls into that trap where you're kind of just waiting for the primary finish sometimes. So I thought it was very uh, important that Okada use the red ink to finish off Yoshitatsu yeah. on, on a on a high profile Cork and Hall show uh, that people saw. This wasn't just some random you know show on the tour in some village in front of 800 people that nobody's gonna see. This was in Corican and everybody saw it, and that's important because now maybe the next time he uses red ink, especially in Corican, the fans will react to it. Yeah. So. And he's got he's got to do that every so often. I mean, I, I remember having this exact same conversation with you when it happened before. Is that he's just got to kind of do that a little bit because, as we mentioned, the rainmaker is so super protected that you can't just throw that around. I mean, that just can't be a part of every single one of his matches. I mean, that that's you can only do that when it matters. So he needs something else to sort of finish guys off because you don't want to overdo the rainmaker either. Yeah, it's very yeah. important to have it be a protected, important. Okay, he hit this. You're over sort of thing. I mean, it, it, it's nice to have those little options. Yeah, so, when, he, so I mean, when he slaps the red ink on in the dome, you want people to react to it. Right. So, and, and the only way they're going to do that is if he wins matches with it, so that was good. So those are my takeaways from that show. The red ink, uh, yep. the Yoshitatsu injury, and the surprising Nagata Nakanishi team. Um, I don't know if there was anything else on the show that you wanted to make mention of. Not really. There was nothing too much. Uh, I thought uh, I, I thought Taven and Bennett were, uh, versus Bushi and uh, Kushida was interesting. Uh, Maria was awesome in that. She's really really good at being just a, just especially in Japan. She really just embraced. Because <laughs> it's funny how the fans react to her though. Did you notice in this? Uh, they they chant for her regardless. Yeah, it's she different. Kept, there was Maria chants, and then Kushida was trying to like be the babyface to stop this kind of like bad. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. From so he grabs her and the fans boo him and he's just kind of like, oh, all right, well, like, he was, you know, what was funny, he was gonna pile driver, right, and then was just kind of, like, yeah, right, and, and the fans are just going, oh, boo, <laughs> he's just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I won't do that then, yeah, and then, like, and, then and then you know, Taven or whatever made the save, but it, you know, it, it it it's funny how it, you know, it's interesting how that culture is, hey, look, like you, like in WWE right now, that is awful. You're not pile driving a woman. I mean, right. you're not even teasing pile driving a woman. But Kushida was – he teased Piledrive. It was like watching ECW in 1995. Right. And, but but the problem – what was interesting though is he's the babyface, but the, even the fans were like, no, don't do yeah, that. Like you asshole. Yeah. Can't do. yeah. It was very – because they love their Maria, man. There's a chance for her as she's walking out. And that's why we, we joked a little bit on last week's show that that regardless of whoever you know Maria is currently you know <laughs> married to or, or, or with or, or, or managing or whatever, they were going to come over to Japan. Oh, absolutely. If it was Cheeseburger, if it was cheeseburger and Brutal Bob Evans, like they're there because – they just wanted they, – they didn't care who it was. Yeah, bring whoever. Bring Bennett and Taven, whatever. doesn't matter. We just want Maria because she was super over here, and it was it was fun. But she's good. I mean, it's not like she's just, you know, a, 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 you know, a good-looking woman. I mean, she is a good heel manager as well. She does a really good job in that role. She's an excellent performer, and, and, and you know, you're right. If Brutal Burgers – because they are a team, by the way, Brutal Burgers. Exactly right. They team up I on I didn't just throw that out randomly. That's not just a random team. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a real Rich, team there, Rich is talking about a real team. They team on those uh, – <laughs> they team on those um, – those Ring of Honor, what does Ring of Honor call their NXT shows? They call them the. Oh, uh, oh I thought you were gonna say the Hoopla. No, 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 no. The uh, no, the Future of Honor shows, which no, the Future of Honor, which yeah, nobody yeah. pays attention to, but are they're a real thing, by the way, where you get your uh, your Will Ferreras and your your cheeseburgers and your guys like that. I miss my Shane Hagedorns. I miss my uh. 
Well, no more Shane Hagedorn. That you, you're yeah. dating right. yourself. Right leg Ridge. Andy Right Leg Ridge. Did you ever get to see him? Yeah, Right Leg Ridge. Yeah, I remember him. Oh, I don't know if he was just a Midwest guy. He would always. You know, you know yeah. Orange Cassidy in those days was. One of those yeah, right. Guys right. Too. I remember him. Yeah. The HD Net days and uh, mm -hmm. uh, Bobby Dempsey and. Uh, of course. Remember Bobby the other Dempsey. Dempsey too? There were two. There were. De there was a. There was the Dempsey brothers and the, yeah. the smaller Dempsey disappeared. And then there was Alex, uh, uh, what was it, Page or Sugarfoot. Shane? Or what was Alex Payne. Oh, Sugarfoot, yeah, that's it. Right. Alex yeah. Sugarfoot Payne, yeah, man. And really, the only guy from that era of trainees who made it was um, was uh, the Romantic Touch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus. You know. Yeah. So and you know so that and I had a good little run with them until you know Kenny King had <laughs> we're going ruin it. So oh well, now now he's the Romantic Touch, or are we not supposed to say that? Well, no. I think what? the entire world knows he's the romantic. Touch. What? Okay, all right. So, I, I I don't know if that's sort of that's the sort of thing where they're all going, you know. I think it's a tongue in cheeky, like. Okay. Obviously, yeah. retitis, but yeah, another man. Is it, I don't know if it's like a Chikara thing though, where it's like they get all uppity if you, you right, know, right. say what Dare say that Chuck Taylor could possibly be a, you know. Well, you you swear he's missile assault ant. I swear he is. <sighs> I don't know. Missile Assault Ant seems a little beefy, but Chuck Taylor has put on some. Chuck Taylor's pretty beefy. He has yeah. put on some weight. Uh, yeah. Missile Assault Ant's a good Twitter follow, and who's who else is a good Twitter follow? Missile Assault Ant is a tremendous Twitter follow. He's a great Twitter he follow. Finds new and creative ways to type his own name because you can't type right, the same thing twice. I mean, let's be honest. Who's who's one of the more creative indie guys? Chuck Taylor is a great Twitter follow. Here, there you go. He's a great Twitter follow. You could be onto something. But I apologize, Chuck Taylor, if you're he's not I, listening I don't, to this. I don't know. <laughs> In case, I don't think What the hell were we talking about anyway? Uh, we're talking about the World Tag League. Here, let's break down a few of the, uh, the top block guys here real quick. Well, let's talk uh, about – well, you, you, I saw Night 2, and I could tell, I was going to give you – Oh, right. I did not see Night 2. Yeah, correct. Go. The best match from Night 2, because we're not going to do every match, but if you're going to watch one match from Night no, 2 – No, every match. I want everyone. No, if you're going to watch – I'll do that if you want. No, please don't. Okay. No. Uh, God, if please. you're going to watch a match from Night 2, you're going to want to watch uh, Killer Elite Squad against Nakamura and Ishii. Okay. Now this was single cam, no announcers, which I always love because it feels like those are grimy. Yeah, those are real. It feels grimy. like you're sitting in a crowd. But uh, that was the best match from night two, and actually, crowd, my favorite thing about that is that the camera kind of tilts to like do the entrance and then goes back. Like, like it's just some little kid. It's like one of the interns just has to like move the camera like every so often. Yes, they zoom in. Because it'll, it'll like it'll like bend and zoom in on the entrances and then zoom out and then go right back to like the hard cam and then it's over. Yeah, the most like, the oh, most okay. you're getting is a zoom in and a zoom. Out. <laughs> right. That's it. Uh, but yeah, that was the best match from night two. But yeah, now you can go ahead. And now, do you have the results through night three that you're gonna give, or do you? Uh, I do. Yes, I believe these are the current updated standings through the end uh, i believe yeah because uh, i have tenzan and kojima at six does that sound about right well it has to be because that would be three wins three right. nights yep exactly so okay so i'm just gonna do a top of the the, the few of the top ones here real quick quickly we, we sort of mentioned as well the team that's winning this is Gota and shivada they have to yeah. do we still think that i mean they're, they're at zero points right now but yeah they're gonna do the big comeback and right you know, well who they lost to uh nagata and nakanishi and then uh let's see night two they lost to fale and tanga Mm -hmm. um, which was surprising, but um, uh, Fale pinned Shibata. Shibata took two straight pins, and I haven't seen the third show yet, but I guess mm -hmm. they lost if you're telling me they have zero points. So. Oh, they have zero. So they they uh, may not have like, actually – No, they didn't They didn't wrestle. They didn't okay, wrestle so yet. they had a bye. So. All right. Yeah, so let's, let's just go down real quick, uh, look at the 
blocks here. See if there's any thoughts you have. You can feel free to interrupt me. Uh, block A, we have Tenzan and Kojima leading with six. Uh, Lasambra and uh, Naito at four. Okada Yoshihashi, four. Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, four. Matt Taven, Michael Bennett, four. So this is the classic, like, G1 booking where everyone's going to be, like, on the final night, like, like everyone is going to be, you know, eligible to win. But, you know, obviously, I, th- I think Godo and Shibata is the easy one. Uh, AJ Styles and Takahashi at two. Uh, Jack Stane and Rob Conway at two. And then Tanahashi Yoshitatsu at zero. Yeah, the, the, the thing about that block is Tanahashi and Tatsu were favorites to win it. Mm-hmm. So that block is kind of in disarray, but it, see, they kind of lucked out because they can kind of have anybody win that block. It doesn't matter because whoever, even if it threw off the booking and the team that was supposed to win can't because the booking is screwed up, whoever it was was going to lose the Shibata and go to Right, they're just, gonna, they're just going to eat it. It could be La Sombra and Naito, and it, it doesn't It matter. doesn't make a difference. Even if the wrong team ends up in the finals now or the team they didn't originally intend on it, it won't matter. All right, block B is a lot of zeros. We have uh, Nakanishi and Nagata uh, tied with uh, Nakamura and Ishii both at four points. Uh, we have Bad Luck Folly and Tamatonga at two. Davy Boy Smith and Lance Archer, KES, at two. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and Azuka also at two. And then we have a bunch of zeros. We have Goto and Shibata, zero. Sakuraba and Yano, zero. And then Makabe Hanma also at zero. Yeah, so. and, and, and uh, Sakuraba and Yano haven't even had a match yet because Sakuraba right. is just coming back from his grappling tournament. <laughs> so, and a lot of these. But we had to book him. We just had to book him in this. We couldn't possibly find somebody else. No, I, you know, I, I kind of think it's, it's great that he's finally doing a full tour. So I'm not going to complain about it. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't like that these guys just parachute in for the big shows. It, I, I like the fact that he's paying some dues here and working. Okay. Proof. All right. So I don't really mind that. But uh, plus, he hasn't worked yet. He hasn't worked <laughs> he hasn't... yet. But it, see, but he's going to work all of his his block matches. Well, well, I, I'm putting work in quotations there. I, well, uh, that's I'd the be... thing. Well, that's what I was going to go on to say. I, I'm going to watch all these shows, and supposedly all of them are going to make tape, and I want to see how he works. Right. Night after night in a tour setting. And, and people tell me that, you know, I, j- I just listened to an interview with Alex Shelley on the figure four site. And he says that in the dojo, this guy does things that you wouldn't believe in the ring. So well, do it. <laughs> not, that's what I mean. Like right. maybe in a tour yeah. setting, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he will show more of his, you know, pro wrestling chops when he's in there with the daily grind. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing those matches. Absolutely. So that's anything. Any other New Japan thoughts from me on a Dragon Gate here real quick? Uh, no, only that on night three, uh, Conway and Dane faced Tanaka and Kamatsu. So I can't, Oh, nice. So I can't wait to see that. And, oh, Jack's Dane, uh, he's, he's a little bit bigger than I remember him. Dane's a big dude. You know, he, he's he not, got real big. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> he, uh, he's not the, van- he wasn't, he was never skinny, but, uh, dude, uh, uh, no, no, no. He's not the vanilla gorilla for nothing. I, no, no. He's uh, he's a big boy. He looked very big on this tour. Brett Conway also, uh. Been training together, I think. Uh, I'll tell you, Jack Steen, I I will mention this. On on night one, he looked a hell of a lot more confident than he did this time. I thought he looked really – I remember really just kind of groaning anytime he was coming on. He he was good. I thought he was even better than Conway in that match. And and Conway I usually enjoy. A lot of people are are kind of jaded on him or just kind of think he's boring. But I I, I think it works. But, no, I thought it was – I thought they were both really good. His first tour, he was visibly nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and I get it. I mean, these guys work in front of 200 people. I mean, yeah, I get it. This is his second full tour, but it's also his fourth or fifth time because they – remember, they brought him in a couple times to just work singular shows. Uh, Conway and Dane actually worked the little Singapore loop that they did earlier. That, mm-hmm. So right, right. so it's his fourth or fifth time with the company, second full-fledged tour, and he really looks more – more. he looks like the confident Jack Dane that I see on a local level because on a local level, he's one of the biggest NWA stars. You know what I mean? He works main events in these little uh, – um, NWA uh, satellite promotions and, and and he works with confidence and I'm starting to see that confidence on this tour here that he hadn't really shown previous. 
Absolutely. All right, let's move on and drag it here uh, real quick. There was a show on uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning that you watched. Uh, any thoughts on that one? That's uh, was it, What was it titled as? I, I, I have not had a chance to watch it. I'm going to actually watch it uh, tomorrow. But uh, overall thoughts on the match. What, what, what was it? titled again it was uh the crown gate tour from some crown, from, oh, crown from gate saga, right, right, right. saga um mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a great show on paper but it ended up being a, a nice little show and you know the big news of course coming out of it is in the main the six-man main event big r shimizu uh used his, uh, v- that very impressive looking shot put slam to pin mm-hmm. to pin shingo now there's a lot going on here like there usually is with dragon gate uh shingo had beaten shimizu twice and beaten him pretty easily you know, yeah, Shimizu would make his little comebacks, but it was pretty. It was made clear. Once single got serious, it was like lariat, you're done. Okay, stop. Like, you know, right? So nice try, kid, but I'm still Shingo. So so Shimizu gets a measure of revenge there, but um, it came after some interference from BB Hulk. So he didn't really. They they they, they still have the opportunity to give Shimizu his big singles win at some point over Shingo, and that might come six months from now or six years from now. Who knows? But because they're so similar, you would suspect that at some point they're going to build to. Big R getting a big singles win one-on-one clean over Shingo at some point, but that's on the back burner. This was a good uh, pin for Shimizu to pick up. It's pretty clear. You know, we've been talking about T-Hawk. We've been talking about Aita. We've been talking about uh, Yuga Hayashi. But let me tell you something. This big R Shimizu has some serious potential. Oh, yeah. And the rocket's strapped to him. I mean, that, that's we're seeing that now. It's not a slow build either. It's, it's, it's okay, go. I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's interesting. He's in the mix now, man. And, uh, yeah. and he's an impressive, impressive young wrestler. There's no question about it. And there's, there's a cool size factor to him as well. And that, that's, you know, th- th- there's always the issue with Dragon Gate where a lot of people, you know, they're, they're all quick guys. They all kind of look the same and that sort of stuff. And you have a guy like Shingo who immediately stands out when you watch Dragon Gate because he's a big, bulky dude. And Big R Shimizu was absolutely that. And he was kind of caught in this gimmick where he was wearing a suit and you didn't really notice. Now that he's wearing the, you know, the, the, the tights, you can tell the guy's a gigantic dude. He's got, you know, an American football background. He's super athletic. There's a lot they can do with him. I mean, he, he can be a, a babyface monster or a heel. I mean, there's a lot they can really do with him because he's just, he's so much, he's, he's different than a lot of the roster he definitely stands out immediately yeah, he's a power so, junior he's like right. like shingo you know he's right like, exactly he's like he's a power junior like a shingo or yeah. Which, so it, it makes him stand out a little bit more in, in that Absolutely. sense where he comes out and he's got a real presence about him and and and, and you could say i mean the moment he came out when they said you know when, when they introduced here's our new you know big r shimizu when he came out and people just saw how big he was in in, in his tights it was like okay Let's go. You know, the, uh, there was a gasp from on the crowd, and, and it was right then and there. It was, okay, this guy's the real deal. Yeah, the haircut, the new look. He wears, like, mm-hmm. like Ryback-style singlet with the airbrushing, and, uh, you know, he's got a new mohawk. And, yeah, he, he's a good-looking young wrestler. We, we've, been, we've been preaching for, for, for months here how they're just loaded with good-looking young wrestlers in this company, and then he's just another one. And we knew that anime gimmick wouldn't, you know, wouldn't – we knew he needed to shed that before they could really right. do anything serious with him. But, you know, in Dragon Gate, you start off with something goofy sometimes. That's just the way they do things. So, um, you know, and, and, and Punch Tominaga is another one who, who, who they're developing mm-hmm. um, underneath. So they, they, got a, they got a really, really good future. They've got several different generations. And it, what's interesting now is right now we're at a period where there's like four different generations of guys in Dragon Gate. <laughs> All lumped into it, yeah. and, and And the old ones aren't washed up yet. And the young ones are starting to get good. So you have an entire roster of people who are all good at the same time. Right. And I think that's why it's been so good this year and why it's probably going to be so good next year because your Shimas and your Don Fujis and your, and your, and your Mochizukis and those guys, they're not even, they're not washed up yet. They can still go when they need to. Right. 
and and these young guys have gotten to the point where they can hang. And of course, everybody else is at various levels of their prime, either smack dab in it or or or, or approaching uh, the middle of their prime. So you have an f- entire roster of guys who all kick ass. That's why these shows are so good. Uh, yeah, and, and and we have the the big Corkin show that's coming up on uh, December third. Uh, real quickly, we, we just wanted to preview that, but I think the top three matches. Put, your point exactly when you look at these is uh, you have Yamato and Cyber Kong versus Dragon Kid, Big R Shimizu. So there you go. You have a little bit of the Yamato generation. Who's, I mean, nowhere near washed. You know what I mean? We're saying oh, he's that right in, his, like, he's in the middle of his prime. A, like, right, we're saying that that's not a past generation at all. I mean, he's currently in his prime. And then against, you know, a team like a Dragon Kid and BR Shimizu. So you have a Shimizu who's who's on the come up or whatever. That's really interesting. Then you have a, a Tazawa and Shingo. Yeah, and, it's, and, 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 and actually, with that match too, you've got Yamato and Cyber Kong and, and guys in their prime. And then you've got yeah. Dragon Kid who's from that Shima generation, but yeah, he's exactly. obviously still very good. And he's teaming with a guy who, you know, big R. Uh, right. So right there, you have what, three generations? Yeah. What we can kind of say uh, of there. Then you have Tazawa and Shingo versus Mochizuki and BB Hulk. That's another one where you can, you know, generationally, you can put Shingo and, and Tazawa and, and BB Hulk, and then Mochizuki might be sort of in the, in the previous. But again, none of those are watched. It's not like old timers or whatever. Mochizuki and then the, can the, go. Mochizuki's like 43 oh, yeah. years old. He can go with anybody in the world. He's as, <laughs> right. good, he's, he's as good as anybody in the world. Absolutely. And then and then the main event is is a super interesting one because you have uh, the Open the Twin Gate Championship. You have Shima and Gamma versus T-Hawk and Eita. I mean, that obviously, I mean, that's, <laughs> and this is all, there's generations right there. And I mean, yeah, this, the whole story of this is the old men versus the kids. Right, and, exactly. And the old men have been whipping the kids. And, you know, they've, they've given Gamma something to do finally instead of just be goofy on the undercards. He's clearly on steroids, by the way. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Gamma is unnaturally ripped for a 44-year-old guy or whatever the hell he is. And, uh, you know, they beat him in Summer Adventure Tag League. Then they beat him for the titles. And here we go again. Now they're going to defend the titles against him. And I hope they beat him again because I love this story. I love this story how these young punks cannot figure out uh, these two uh, veterans who just keep kicking their ass. Right. It's tremendous stuff. Um, and I guess the only other thing we should mention is uh, Shingo did challenge BB Hulk for Final Gate for mm-hmm. the Dream Gate title. Hulk did accept. So we do have one official match. That match is booked. Um, it's going to be Shingo against Hulk. And, you know, the story there is, you know, Shingo, uh, even in his promos, he's been saying, he's like, look, I don't give a shit that you've uh, turned the corner and you've turned face or whatever. I remember when you turned heel in 2011 and I remember, uh, you know, the feud we had then and I don't forgive you. See, they don't forget anything. And this is something that we always talk about. And uh, again, he wasn't buying it when Tazawa and Hulk were hugging it out after their title match. Shingo was sitting there at the broadcast table with a stern look on his face. Yeah. Like, don't trust that. I don't (laughs) don't trust that. I don't don't, don't like this guy. And uh, you know, they're, they're going to, and I think Shingo will win that match. I, yep. Sometimes it's hard for me to get a read on their booking. I feel strongly that Shingo is going to beat Hulk. And thank God Shingo didn't break his arm in that um, indie booking that he took in the exclusive <laughs> barbed wire match with Onita. Yeah. Because it would have completely destroyed the booking that this company had set up since 2011 <laughs> to build to this match. I know. When I saw he was in that match, I almost didn't think – I was like, oh, that's that name is very similar to Shingo from Dragon Gate. And I was like, oh, no. Why is he in that? <laughs> like, don't do that. Like, Because I thought it was just some other guy that I didn't know. Well, you he know, had I saw his arm, and they thought – Yeah, I know, I know. And then I was arm. just like, oh, God. <laughs> like – don't just leave Onita alone. Just let him just blow himself up. Like just have a 